the one they select. <laughs> and you ain't just all open bootsies. Now who takes care of your favorite tree? It's a dog, dog, darn it, it's a dog. And who's the biggest star on your TV? It's a dog, dog, darn it, it's a dog. Who comes running when you call him man's best friend you know? Right, who keeps a keg of brandy handy when it's 40 below? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Medfield College Film Society. My name is Jeff Crawford. I am joined by my esteemed society members. We will start over in the mountains, Western North Carolina. Mr. Andy Brown, fresh off a trip to Walt Disney World. He's here with us. How's it going, Andy? (laughs) I'm doing great, Jeff. Yeah, I took a trip to uh, the parks. Just me and the old wife. No kids. For all our listeners out there who are in that situation, I highly recommend it. Oh, and I discovered a new favorite drink, the uh, Pina Colava, which is uh, (laughs) their turn on the the Pina Colada, of course, and it's delicious. I don't care if it's a fruity drink. I'm a big guy, and I don't care. I like it. It Right on, man. We uh, had a, yeah, just a few weeks ago, uh, we had some back scratchers over there at the Polynesian. Those are good, too. Yeah. Uh, um, Andy... You had yes. you found some references that you might not have uh, ever seen before while you were down there. <laughs> That's true. I, I we were at Epcot and I had never done the Figment uh, ride. I didn't even know who Figment was. I was like, I asked my wife, I was like, well, "What's this purple <laughs> dragon and why is he everywhere?" And uh, she's like, "We got to do this ride." And so we did the ride, and then there was references to all these me- all these Medfield references. And I was like, "Hey, I know who that is. I know." Who, uh, yeah, all this uh, absent mind professor things, all the names. Even though it's from the Robin Williams movie, which I still have not seen, I still knew the references. Uh-huh. Um, mm. So that was nice. Someday, maybe Robert will uh, bless us with watching mm. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the names, though, are from like the original because I don't think those make it into the remake. They do reference the remake, but I think I like Dean Higgins is only in like Computer War Tennis Shoes. And that but there's a, uh, there's a Philip Brainerd, I think, instead of a Ned Brainerd. Uh, yeah. There's also a sweet, there's, I, I think there's like a, um, a, a lab or something I think you can see through into. And there was a sweet looking Medfield College, like Letterman's coat. Yeah. That's true. And I was that's like, ooh, that's nice. You need to get that to they the Medfield sell store. those, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the native son down there these days is Michael Crawford. My brother, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm uh, the only person on this podcast who hasn't been to the Disney parks in the last month, and I <laughs> actually true. live here. <laughs> That's, That's true. Yeah, That's ironic. Yeah, so, we've all uh, been down there. Yeah, everybody's been down here, uh, which has been fun to watch. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing doing great. Even as we slip into summertime here in sunny Florida. Well, well, we will toss it now to our uh, El Presidente, who wins the Triple Crown. Um, He got to do a water park. He got to do the cruise. And he had the uh, shortest stop of all time at Disney Springs (laughs) on a work trip. Uh, Robert McSwain, trying to outdo us all, as always. How you doing? I've yes been logging a lot of miles through Florida the last uh, three weeks. So. How do you find Florida these days, uh, Robert? Mm-hmm. Really nice What's place. That? How do you find Florida these days? How's it? How's it good um, getting along? Well, the warehouse scene in Lakeland's amazing. 
if, you, if you've never been <laughs> down to Lakeland and I check bet. out the warehouse scene, sure it is. It's uh, it's something else. Um, so I highly recommend it. I hang out at Davenport a lot. You know, not you know, not a lot of people know about it, but it's uh, pretty pretty swinging. Exclusive. Robert was at uh, Disney Springs and he texted me while I was in one of the parks, and we were staying at uh, Saratoga Springs. And he's like, "Hey, can I come over and use your bathroom?" <laughs> <laughs> I was serious. I was ready to get over there. And just- <laughs> yeah, and if Robert was at Typhoon Lagoon, I was at Disney Springs. We're just all moving around, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, like right we're getting across across the street, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Sliding doors. Closer and closer <laughs> to the live podcast on property, which will happen someday. Oh, man, yeah. Um, but in lieu of that... Uh, tonight I am so excited. We're, you know, we're getting, we're winding down in season three. Uh, this one I have had marked on my calendar for quite some time. Michael, what are we watching? Well, tonight we're watching a film that is, uh, deceptively important in the Disney canon of films. It's 1959's The Shaggy Dog directed by Charles Barton, written by Bill Walsh and Lily Hayward, suggested by the novel The Hound of Florence by Felix Salton, who uh, wrote Bambi, incidentally. Wow. This movie's got Fred McMurray, the original Disney legend, as Wilson Daniels. This was his first uh, Disney film. Uh, we've got Gene Hagen, Lena Lamont herself, as Frida Daniels. Tommy Kirk as Wilby Daniels. We've also got just, uh, this is packed. We got Annette Finicello, Tim Considine, uh, Moochie, uh, not to mention Cecil Kellaway, and Roberta Shore as the uh, femme fatale, sort of. Um, we've got, you know, typical Disney talent behind the camera, but this time we've got special titles. We've got special titles by T. Hee. Bill Justice and X Atencio, who they love the stop motion stuff, so they uh, yeah. they uh, brought it with the stop motion. They were not going to stop there; they were just going to keep going. They, that's they became their trademark for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. This was the the first of these movies that we have watched. So many of these wacky Disney live action comedies. Uh, this was the real beginning of it and uh, set a lot of trends a lot of the things that we know and love on this podcast yeah this is where it all began really and especially in relation to some of the other movies we've talked about uh this is one walt had wanted to make or i I don't know if he'd wanted to make it but he'd had the rights for a long time before bambi came out Walt wow. bought the rights to five more of Felix Salton's stories, including Bambi's Children, which Jeff and I have discussed on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Bambi's Children, Perry, which was also eventually made into a live yeah. action thing. That's also on Disney Plus. Also on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, Rennie, which I assume is related to Perry, but I don't know. Something called City Jungle and The Hound of Florence, which this is based on. Uh, Walt had originally pitched this to ABC as a TV show. Yeah. They had wanted a, uh, he had done Mickey Mouse Club for them, done Zorro for them. They wanted more, uh, but they didn't, he didn't always see eye to eye with ABC. They were kind of stingy and uh, they turned him down when he brought him this uh, shaggy dog TV show. And he was so mad. He basically came back to the studio and said, well, I'll show them. Make it into a movie. 
So brought in director Charles Barton, who had directed Spin and Marty shorts for the Mickey Mouse Club with Tim Considine. And uh, they made this film. And it was important. It was the first live-action comedy that Disney ever did. Uh, it was a low-budget film. as black and white, which was rare for Disney movies. And it was an enormous hit. Uh, grossed $9 million on its first wow. release, which was a lot back then. And it basically changed the studio's entire production strategy. This was the second highest-grossing movie of 1959. Came in second behind Ben-Hur. But Ben-Hur was wow. so expensive... Shaggy Dog was more profitable than Ben Hur. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. my mom would be fascinated to find that out. She's a, a huge <laughs> Ben Hur fan. <laughs> that's no. That's ben no Hur is better. Um. So yeah, this was not only big money maker, but when you compare it against the other movies that Disney put out that year, uh, which were kind of like prestige movies, one of which we have done, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Uh, when we talked about that one, we talked about how invested Walt had been in it and had done, you know, research trips to Ireland, things like that. And it didn't really do so hot at the box office. Uh, the same with the other 1959 film they put out, Third Man on the Mountain, which was a very expensive film filmed in Switzerland on the Matterhorn. And, uh, you know, a real prestige kind of movie, and it didn't make that much money. But then they put out this low-budget movie that made a ton of money, and so we see the shadow of that goes all the way, you know, through absent-minded professor and all the Medfield stuff. And you see, after a couple of decades, it started to run out of steam. We wind up with million-dollar duck and things like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is uh, this is where it all began. Yeah, you. I mean, Walt was really into those kind of prestige, like. I don't know. Yeah, we've got to do Third Man on the Mountain sometime because it's incredible. Yeah. But a lot of those kind of uh, there's a lot of serious movies in the 50s, um, yeah. and they they have a lot of heart and they're great and I like a lot of them, but they're very serious. And uh, this really tore all that up. I mean, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of great ones like you know. Uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, this this genre, just the the silly genre that this is, is what everyone thinks of and remembers. But, yeah yeah you're right oh there for sure they don't remember all the yeah third yeah. man on the mountain they remember this like i'd say forest. probably the only like real serious disney movie they gets remembered is Twenty Thousand leagues and i guess yeah. swiss family robinson would qualify under the prestige banner too but other but it's than that, kind of wacky it's wacky. it's wacky. it has its moments yeah, yeah, yeah definitely but yeah it's it it's kind of almost like Fantasia. It's like Walt was into this other stuff, but then he saw which way the wind blew. I was like, well, if the people want that, then I'll give them that. And he kind of checked out of the movie stuff at around this point anyway. Yeah. This started messing time. around with theme parks. So he was just mm -hmm. like, whatever, you know, do, do the stuff that makes the money so I can build more theme parks. He's actually building a Matterhorn now and filming a movie about it. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Got to pay for it. Well... Andy, had you ever seen this one before? I had not. I remember the commercials for the Tim Allen one. I was going to say, have uh, you seen the Tim <laughs> Allen one? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that, that was a. I didn't know that was a. Yeah, a remake uh, until you guys talked about it, and so I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go back and see the original. Um, and I, guys, I, I understand why people loved this movie. I, I enjoyed hey. this film. I, hey, thought right. was, I thought it was well right. done. 
We're back I, on track. I have problems with certain aspects of it, but then it takes a turn about near the end of the second act that I did not see coming, and I think that really made the movie better. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was wondering about that. I thought uh, I th- that you were going to eat some of that up. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, I, 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 Tommy Kirk is really just fantastic. I yeah, think he's just so good. Uh, for so to be so young, um, and just his body of work in this, just the limited amount that I've seen just by doing this podcast, I, I'm a Tommy Kirk fan. Yeah, he's right on. Man. Me too. There are yeah. so many moments in this movie where he just does a take re- reacting to something, and I'm like, that's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. I really hate we he passed before we had a chance to talk to him because uh, I just hope he realized like how people are like into his stuff still. Right. Right. Yeah. I did, I did, so I knew that Annette was a Mouseketeer, and I knew Moochie was a Mouseketeer, but from what I can tell, like, the guy that played Buzz, was he a Mouseketeer? No, he was on uh, Spin and Marty, which was, right. like, a serial that they would run during uh, Mickey Mouse Club, so he wasn't, like, okay. really a member of the club, but he was on the show. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And he was in a bunch of stuff during this era. And he had a haircut you could set your clock to. Oh, oh gosh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You could land a plane on that haircut. That guy is full of that guy moments in this one. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is like, uh, as you just said, Michael, this uh, this is leads to the trajectory of Million Dollar Duck. But this is such a distilled one. You know, it's just all and it, and it's and it's a little bit more low key in some ways than some stuff mm-hmm. that would come later so i guess with that said we should get into it anybody else have anything to say before we really go get going here guess not yeah, i'm ready let's do it all right michael we'll throw it to you take us into the world of the shaggy dog He was the shaggiest dog. He was the shaggiest dog. He was the spookiest dog I ever did see. Go on, get out of here. Go on. Get. Well, we start off with some musical credits. We've got, I mentioned before, the fellas behind the stop motion animation, but we've also got a song. By our old pal Hazel Gill George, aka Walt's nurse, and uh, Paul Smith, the ever-present Paul Smith. And man, this is a wacky one. Yeah, I don't think this is their best outing. I, and I love both of them and think they do amazing work. But this is uh, with some yeah. of the other stuff they've done. Well, she did Old Yeller. He did almost everything. I mean, he did Bambi through all the True Life Adventures, Twenty Thousand right, right. Leagues Under the Sea. Um. I mean, she did a ton of stuff too. Ike for president. Ike for president. Right. <laughs> I, I have a question though. Um, well, first of all, okay, two questions for the movie people, uh, and then I'll take my answer off the air. First question: How did they do credits back in the day? Second question: How, like, when I was watching it on Disney Plus, it looked like it had all been done by CGI, and what's up with that? Yeah. Right. It was weird. It yeah. was like too clear. <laughs> it was so weird. So was that not was that not redone? Is that the original? 
I think it's, I'm sure it was the original. I think it was the original. I, I'm, so they I shoot mean, it I, on panes of glass over the movie. How do they do that? How do they I do think credits? So. Oh, well, like I, just in general. Yeah. Like back before you could do. Well, there were I, several systems they had. Like they had like sort of this weird slide projection thing that they would use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like, you may see like the Monty Python stuff. It would They would use it a lot, but use it more comically. Um, but then I, mean, I think what, I think they would do paint. I mean, they would paint it over glass and project. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Like what about in those like old movie previews where they're just like, like moving around like, <laughs> yeah, I've wondered that too. I mean, those just some sort of like photographic, yeah, like process shot. Sorry, I, I don't I just know enough about it. It's it's something I've wondered about too. Yeah. Well, and when you see like really old movies from like the twenties and thirties, it's clear that they've painted it on kind of like a roller kind of right, thing, right? Or just kind of like rolling it out, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's an interesting question. But yeah, this is I wondered too because the credits themselves are animated. Like we get Fred McMurray do the stop it, drop, drop, get away from me. And his his reacts to the dog, and uh, so there's there's an element of that. Yes, it's a little a little sound snippet from that. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes, little uh, little hint at the characters to come. Mm-hmm. Also, this song I don't know who I was sad they didn't list who sang it. Oh yeah, and uh, I I mean I'm sure it was some like studio chorus or something, oh. but it's. Uh, I don't know what would you even call this. He is very of its era. This vocal, yes, yes. it's the uh, shaggiest dog. Yeah. It reminded <laughs> me of the the Patty Duke song. Uh, yeah, they laugh alike, they talk alike. Sometimes they even whatever <laughs> you could. Yeah, it's very <laughs> wacky. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm giving this one a a C minus from for this team to come up with it. Um, it's no parent trap, you know, that's why I kept thinking about the parent trap. It's like, man, the Shermans really knocked that one off the, out of the park. Yeah. They bring well, it, bring it up a yeah. notch. Yeah. So anyway, we get the dog cutting capers. It gets zanier as it goes. The dog's like in costumes and stuff. It's really silly until we finally get to the movie. We start at the studio backlot, good old backlot and, uh, Paul freeze doing a voiceover. He gives us a little intro here. He says, uh, this is a shaggy dog story, and it could have (laughs) happened anywhere and to anyone. Uh, But it uh, just so happens. What is a shaggy dog story? Is that like broader than something that happens all the time or something? It's kind of like a shaggy dog story. (laughs) Like a, you know, just just a, a, a high, what am I trying to, what am I trying to say? Just a tall tale. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. A shaggy dog story. That's just another uh, shaggy dog story. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here with your shaggy dog stories. And I caught a fish this big. Anyway, this shaggy dog story could have happened anywhere to anyone, but it happened to Wilson Daniels. <laughs> and so we meet Fred McMurray as Wilson, a man who loved people but hated dogs. It was like an odd thing to grind an axe over. Like yeah, dog, you don't see that dogs. very often. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you people do that. The, the dog hate. I find it interesting we're introduced to Fred McMurray as like he's the protagonist of the movie. 
Okay, see, that's one of the issues I had. I was like, okay, this is about Fred McMurray. Okay. And yeah. And it wasn't. And I was like, it's hmm. really weird. Well, because, I mean, he was a big star. So I can see maybe why. And when you look at the ads for the movie, it's just like Fred McMurray, like, whoa, <laughs> like making various angry faces. So I guess that's what they just went with. But it is weird. Anyway, Wilson sees a dog in his front yard and does a very Wilson, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> My garbage. <laughs> there are he, several, he goes back. several moments of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes back inside. His wife, uh, Jean Hagen, as Frida Daniels, she awaits. Uh, Wilson checks out the daily paper. He's mad. He's mad that a heroic dog has been given a medal Which? for pulling a baby out of a burning building. So, again, heavy-handed. Yeah. That stupid dog doesn't get an award. <laughs> See, Which, big deal. <laughs> we got to give a shout-out to the uh, to the wife coffee service, because that's like a yep. meme in these movies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, saw it. I, was like, I <laughs> applauded <laughs> when I saw it. Yeah. And Gene Hagen, uh, Andy Griffith show. Uh, the, she was in. She was the lady speeder. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, she was all over the place. She's another. I mean, she was a name actress. Uh, yeah. He goes on for a while. He starts going on about how much he hates dogs. But Frida says, you know, most people love dogs. He says, I suppose I'm some kind of freak because I don't. <laughs> yeah, you are actually. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, she points out he's a mailman and she thinks dogs just don't like mailmen because sometimes they bring bad news and he starts going on about how i've been in the mail service for 20 years (laughs) nothing stopped him from his appointed rounds but those blasted dogs tried Hmm. so eventually he asks where the boys are and frida says they're in the basement tinkering she says they're working on something called an issel interceptor because women be dumb (laughs) God. And uh, Wilson says, well, it must be a missile interceptor. So he starts going on a riff about how he needs to take a firm hand with Wilby. Because Wilby's oh, been what is the getting them in messes. Yeah. This is this is the first indication of my, I, I was like, I don't know if I like this actor. Or not the character. Yeah. Because uh, the way he says it, because he's like, if you're not going to take a free hand with him, then I've got to do something about it. And it's like, I don't know just the way he phrased it. It was mm-hmm. this kind of this. Yeah. Well, he drags Wilby the entire movie. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, for very little reason explained. Right. Yeah. There's some backstory. Apparently, Wilby called the police on the dean of the Divinity School. (laughs) Uh, Got him thrown in jail (laughs) as a public enemy because he looked like a picture in the post office. But to which I say, the police arrested him. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he called him. But they arrested him. Well, clearly so there's a police them. problem in this town that we will get <laughs> that's to. True. There's a that's major yeah, there's law a- enforcement problem <laughs> going on. But yeah, uh, this movie, uh, one of its flaws for me is like everybody just ditches on poor Wilby. Yeah. That ain't right. So he starts going on. He's going to give a little exposition about what he's going to do about Wilby before he realizes what was said earlier about the missile interceptor. And immediately an explosion rocks the house. Uh, everything is vibrating and falling over. Kind of like Mary Poppins when. Apple yeah, that's what I thought of too. It's kind of a funnier. It's like a fun, fun house effect. Like yeah. The chairs are kind of 
hobbling around. But that was well done. Yeah, I thought e- so too. everything shaking like that. Yeah, that was really well done. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I guess they had to have it on some kind of gimbal or something. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, we cut to the basement where Wilby, aka Tommy Kirk, and Moochie, aka Moochie, are panicking because they've made like a V2 rocket in their basement, and it's starting to smoke and fume. This is not like a. T- this is like a real rocket. Yeah, so what, I mean, now I'm dragging Wilby, but what was, uh, what do you think was going to happen here? Yeah, what's the exit strategy? I (laughs) wonder that as well. They do have a line where, like, Michi's like, switch it off. He's like, well, I didn't even turn it on. So hopefully that means he. Yeah, that's right. uh, But still, not the best place to be building your missile interceptor. Right. Um, Wilby's trying to get it to stop, but eventually he's like, it's too late because it's, like, blasting. So he sends Moochie to clear their parents from the house. They grab whatever they can. Frida grabs her, like, china. And she's like, well, get something. So Wilson gets the coffee pot, which I don't know is a funny visual to me. So they head Save out. the, the coffee. And yeah. get my coffee. Oh, the coffee. Don't, don't spill it. Don't spill the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they all wind up out in the yard. There's an explosion and a rocket blast through the house and out the ceiling. Uh, which was a great effect, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, Really good. You can see it on the, the first floor, the second floor, and then comes out the roof. And then it cuts away to some, like, sounding rocket footage, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> we'll be super excited. It says, we've officially ended the rocket age, Pop. He's like, I wish I could be up there riding it. And then he realizes Wilson's reaction. He kind of loses his so, excitement. I says, mean, I wish I was on it right now. So, okay, again, this is the low point for Wilby. Uh, but yes. it's like, ha- read the room, man. You just shot a rocket through the house. Exactly. He's so excited. It worked. <laughs> yeah, this is like proving to us, you know, this kid's uh, got his head in the clouds. He's a fuzz head or whatever they call him later, you know. Uh, he's a fuzzy-headed kid, I guess. Uh, Frida has to stop Wilson from clocking Wilby with the coffee pot. And uh, he just takes a cup from her and pours himself a cup of coffee as they watch. Uh, later, Wilby and Moochie are up fixing the roof, which was apparently a thing that you could have kids do. <laughs> so I said Moochie on the roof. I mean, that, that's a I bad like, idea. Moochie was like around. tied to the uh, chimney, which I enjoyed. I think Wilson pouring himself a, that cup of coffee was the last thing he did for himself and for the rest of the movie. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Because yeah, he puts the boys up on the roof and then as we'll see many other times later, he's like, gets someone else to do everything for him. Right. That's it's a good vibe. That's vibe. Yeah. So uh, Wilson pops up through the hole in the uh, roof Says he wants Wilby to clean out his workshop in the basement. He's got animals and chemicals and all this stuff. Get it out of there. Uh, well, they're like, well, how did you get up here? And he's like, I'm standing on cardboard boxes. And so, of course, we have to get a pratfall. And he does a noble, but sadly, sub Dean Jones. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Nobody's going to touch the on that. Into an avalanche of Foley. Yeah. No, no Dean Jones. He on the, on the fall. Right. Right. Down the street, we see a hot rod pulling up to a house, and this is quite a hot rod, let me tell you. This was a big Wilson-Wilson moment of they're they're fixing the roof. It's like, get off the roof! It's like, well, they're fixing. (laughs) Get off the roof! 
come on down from there. You'll Quit fall into the flowers. Roof. But that's what he was worried about, them falling into the flowers. Yeah, because yeah, they'd mess up the flowers. you mess, up the, mess flowers. up the flowers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. There's only one person that's going to get this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I won't listen to that. <laughs> um, down, so we got this hot rod. This is a sweet hot rod. He's got like pinstriping on it. He's yeah, that's a ZZ top hot rod, right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> this is all the way. This is a weird fender set up on the rear, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's for our other podcast. That's another podcast. Talking hot rods, <laughs> Disney hot rods. Uh, Buzz with his buzz cut, uh, and Annette comes out. She's ready for a game of tennis. They're both in their tennis whites, <laughs> and I do mean white. Uh, Wilby, who is clearly into Annette, <laughs> a.k.a. Allison, shouts, Hi, Allison, before just absentmindedly walking off the roof, and he does, in fact, fall into the flowers. Quick question. Was this Annette's first movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, first for her and first Disney one for Fred McMurray. Okay. Uh, so, Buzz says, well, that's old knothead for you. Always showing off. Buzz is a tool, as we learn throughout this entire <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my fun memory. I, I guess I just always thought Tim Considine was so cool that I excused it. But uh, Buzz, not, not, not a good guy, really. Uh, Wilby walks over and pulls Buzz aside. There's a lot of pulling aside in this movie, I noticed as well. Can yes. I, yes. Can I speak to you over Side here? Bar. Sidebar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I speak to you away from the women folk. There's a lot of that. Uh, pulls Buzz aside and asks him to repay the $7, which Buzz owes Wilby. Buzz like, ah, I've got a date with Allison. But Wilby's like, but I'd like to take Allison on a date myself. Which Buzz scoffs at. It's like, for you? No way. Ask Wilby if he's ever taken anyone out. It's nonsense to even suggest it. Just then a car and a moving truck come down the street. In the car is a man, a shaggy dog, and a very fashionable girl. Buzz and Wilby are shook. They are enraptured as this girl gets <laughs> out of the car. This car though is not just a car that's a what is this car a, that is a mercedes-benz 300 sl roadster which is like it runs for around two million dollars nowadays Jeez. i mean i Whoa. saw that car my jaw hit the ground that's that's a very rare car and don't I, you I park that car there <laughs> professor's doing all right for himself that's, i guess yeah there's a lot of money in curating museums <laughs> evidently but uh, well you know <laughs> that is fascinating i wonder who uh i wonder what happened to that car man it's big money so maybe buzz and Wilby were shook by the car and not by the girl could be some gear heads yeah know, geeking out uh she gets out of the car and she starts really performatively speaking french to her dog whose name is chiffon <laughs> uh really she is trolling these guys hard allison unamused uh, down the street frida's watching out the window with binoculars as women do until wilson stops her uh, she gives a sort of info dump says the new guy is mikhail andresi the new assistant curator at the county museum she gives a gossip rundown about him with his past what happened to him after the war, he was in a prison camp, which I thought was a dark detail to share. Yeah, I did too. I was like, oh, I was like, that's interesting. I'm kind of his backstory here. <laughs> yeah. 
She says he's got a 17-year-old daughter. Uh, Wilson takes a look out through the binoculars, which are uh, out of focus. He says, how dare they bring a camel into this neighborhood? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which, yeah, finally realizes it's a dog. And that makes him even more mad. He starts getting itchy. Says, I'll have to move into the back bedroom. And uh, these old Pekingese wounds on my ankle are throbbing like bongo drums. <laughs> Is he having like PTSD from like a war episode or something for a dog? Like, hey, he's the mailman, man. Mailman. You know, every day. That's right. I thought camel was like a some sort of derogatory term for like, the guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't be surprised. Those but, yeah. frogs brought a camel into the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh. brought the camel here. <laughs> uh, outside, the sheepdog runs across the street to Wilby and uh, like hops up on him. The sheepdog loves Wilby. That dog. Well, that, <laughs> it's an enormous dog. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz is obsessing over the girl while, like, will be like a normal is like, oh, look at the cute dog. Uh, Buzz is like, oh, I'm going to pretend to care about the dog so I can take it back to the girl. And will be follows along. Uh, this gets Allison real mad. She gets out of her car and heads inside she, with a harumph and a slam door. Uh, Buzz and will be are greeted by the stern and sturdy butler Stefano. Stefano <laughs> reminds me of two people. Uh, first, because uh, we get a lot of reaction shots from Stefano throughout the movie. Uh, first was Chris Christie, uh, yes. former governor of New Jersey. Yes. Check. Man, yes. Uh, second That's is good. Francis Buxton from yes, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Because oh, he's got yes. a sort of Francis sneer, as we see later <laughs> in the movie. But at first, I was like, oh, it's Chris Christie as Stefano. It was so Chris Christie. Wow. Uh, the girl shows up. She starts speaking French to everyone in an extremely pretentious manner. Yes. Like, I just met you, so I'm going to speak French. Why would you do that? Uh, Buzz and Willby give a go at explaining what happened to the dog in caveman talk. <laughs> like, we bring dog you. We do. <laughs> like, Tony Craig's like, we do this thing. Uh Fraser Andresi comes out, and Francesca, who's the girl, she says, well, Chiffon ran away. And these two nice Indian boys brought him back. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, oh, quite a joke. Everyone has a laugh. Everyone's like, ha, ha. (laughs) And Professor says that, well, Francesca speaks seven languages. Uh, Everybody gets introduced. Uh, Wilby is clearly smitten with Francesca. He is crushing hard for some reason. They all go inside, and Buzz admires all the stuff. Like, nice stuff. Um, Before Francesca starts humble bragging (laughs) about all their artifacts, Uh, Wilby almost knocks a 16th century vase off a really precarious piece of furniture. I don't know why you put a 16th century vase on this thing. I would definitely knock that thing over. It's like five or six feet tall, just, I don't even know what you would call that. Like a little podium, narrow thing. (laughs) Anyway, Francesca mentions the vase. Oh, you know, this costs about three or four thousand dollars. Which gasp. But when she says that, Tommy Kirk does a great take of yeah. like, ugh. Um, really funny reactions to all this stuff. Anyway, uh, Francesca keeps going on about the Tintorettos and El Grecos. And mm. while she's talking, um, 
the sheepdog is obsessing over Wilby. It like wrestles him to the couch. I just wish I could have seen like the onset like mechanics of it. Of like <laughs> this dog just totally like what was the dog's name? I can roll out Sam. Tommy Sam. Sam. Was his name. Yeah. Uh, All right, Sam, go over there and get on it. Go get, get him. him. Get him. Get him, Sam. Sam looked like the kind of dog that's like a crotch sniffing dog, where he just kind of comes up like, <laughs> and you're like, "All right, Sam, easy, buddy, back down, Sam." You're always trying to push away, push him away, but he's so big. They easy, were Sam. easy. I, I just happened. I was reading this stuff about a for something else, and was. uh just came across this interview for this guy who this did is great. The oh, work yeah, this on is, the Shaggy this is amazing. And it was incredible. The guy was like talking about Sam and he was like, we had two other dogs and they had different color. And so we just painted them. Uh, it was non-toxic, you know, it was water-based paint, but you know, eventually their, their first started to fall out. So we had to use <laughs> Sam for the whole thing, but it was great. Cause he was perfect. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Oops, it was glue. But oh, yeah. this is lead paint. Uh-oh. I was, <laughs> I was good, shocked how much um, uh, stuff that I thought was surely a person was actually the dog. At least, you know, yeah. the mostly the dog. You know, sometimes they would do hands for the dog, but most of it was the dog, yes. which is crazy. When Especially we uh, when we get around to doing Shaggy Da, compare yeah. the comparison between the two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This dog did. This dog did some business. Some yes. bits yes. of business yes. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a real champ. Um, can't wait to hear Robert's full review of. It. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I, can't wait. I was thinking that as we went. So anyway, so he's wrestling with the dog, and Buzz notices a portrait, uh, which uh, Francesca says is Lucretia Borgia, and. Buzz doesn't know anything about the Borgias, so Francesca gives some brief exposition about how they were notorious in the Dark Ages and dabbled in black magic. Apparently, everybody's super into black magic we run into in this movie. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, it's black magic, you well, know. And ca- casual uh, knowledge of black magic. I would really want to know, this is like the uh, the portrait in Blackbeard's Ghost. I want to know who at the studio drew this. So yes. Bad. Um, the, yes. The dog's freaky, though, in that painting. Oh, so yeah. freaky. I mean, so he's got, freaky. I mean, as Brian Fellows would say, that dog has devil eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brian Fellows. Uh, yes. Yeah, this dog. Well, Wilby notices the dog in the painting is the same breed as Chiffon. Uh, Francesca mm. says, yeah, it's this rare breed. They're they're practically extinct. Poor Chiffon. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the professor asks Francesca to take some stuff to the museum, and Buzz and Wilby offer to take her. Buzz clearly wants to take her himself and gives Wilby the business about coming along, but Wilby comes along anyway. At the museum, Buzz is bragging about how he spends a lot of time there studying the arts. Uh, Francesca is being pretentious again, and uh, Wilby goes off to look at some Egyptian stuff. He's like, I'm more but, into this kind of thing. <laughs> but but Wilby burns buzz really well. He says, is that why you got lost on the way here? Yeah, he that's made, right. Mm. I was like, that's, yeah. that's nice. It's like, there you go, man. Fight back. Uh, Wilby wanders off, but buzz like takes Francesca and they bail, which is a jerk move. Like, I mean, God, the problem is, yeah, Wilby is, uh, he, he operates in Buzz's shadow. He he stays too close to his orbit. We see that mm-hmm. throughout the movie. 
It's like, dude, get, separate from Buzz. Buzz is an idiot. Clearly. Yes. Like, and always going to get you in trouble. Yes. Uh, yeah, Wilby's drawn to toxic people, apparently, as we see throughout the film. <laughs> Wilby is. He's looking for a new father figure that's also toxic. <laughs> that's, yes. that's true. Agreed. That's true. Um, yeah, they they bail. Uh, Wilby's looking for him and somehow wanders into the mystery funhouse or something. <laughs> <laughs> this museum has a wing that's like the Ripley's, believe it or not, London Tower Torture Museum for some reason. <laughs> All low lit. <laughs> Like yes. all terrifying little it, I got the spaceship earth vibes. <laughs> I, 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 I got that. I put that in my notes torture. too. It's a little bit of a, like a, a spaceship earth vibe going on here. Yeah. Spaceship earth, Halloween horror night. Yeah. The <laughs> Halloween night. This year we'd like to <laughs> announce our Halloween overlay. Since the magic kingdom is not so scary, we're going to make Epcot super scary. <laughs> the goofy's very We're going to project a pumpkin on the, on the ball. <laughs> The, the the balls got like blood dripping down. That's what she meant. Yeah, <laughs> pumpkin on spaceship Earth. You go inside, and uh, it's all about torture and poisoning and stuff. Yeah. These it's figures, this like Shaggy Dog, made me nervous when I was a kid. Like, oh yeah, because this is like, like these figures are all really eerie looking. It's it's unsettling. It's completely yeah. unsettling. Yes, there's like these tableaus of like torture and. What kind of exhibit is this? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's like not like all one thing. It's all like different kinds of things. Sorry. Excuse me. So, yeah. Uh, Wilby is like about to leave when he notices a figure move. And there's this like spooky witch kind of thing <laughs> that is drinking from a chalice and its arm moves. Which is amazing. I don't movement. know. It, just the moment of Zen of that figure <laughs> in general. And that arm just. Uh, he goes up to it and Professor Plumcut jumps out from behind the statue to scare him. Uh, says he's getting the exhibit ready. Wilby shouldn't be in there. Says, uh, but he knows Wilby. Wilby used to deliver his paper. He hasn't been getting his paper lately. And that's because Wilby quit the route like two years ago. Uh, we find out Plumcut's a little absent-minded apparently another absent-minded professor. And uh, somehow he starts talking about the Borgias who are in the exhibit. It's a big Borgia town. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. The professor starts talking about sorcery and shape shifting and spell casting as of course you do. Uh, We get some exposition about shape shifting as he puts it, people being changed into cats, dogs, and other creatures. Uh, Plumcott gets kind of spooky talking about things like, oh, the things that stir us in dark nights. And uh, <laughs> Bilby was like, all right, well, good to, good to see you. I'm going to go. <laughs> this made me wish for a Professor Plumcut like uh, episodic TV show, like Amazing Stories <laughs> or The Twilight Zone, like Professor Plumcut's. You know, trips through history. Tonight yes. we are talking oh, about man. torture. <laughs> like uh, what was the show England. with Leonard Nimoy? Oh yeah, in search of. In search of with yeah. Professor ah, right, yes. <laughs> in Search of <laughs> ancient <laughs> aliens. Were they a thing? <laughs> I don't know, but it's uh, very interesting. Have you ever heard of black magic? Yeah, it could be a real Jack Palance Ripley's Believe It or Not too. Oh know. yeah, believe it <laughs> or not. <laughs> Plumcut's uh, a weird dude. Uh, he's yeah. like, I bet you wouldn't think I'd be interested in these things, but I am. 
So Wheelby's trying to leave and knocks over this like end table full of like rings and artifacts and stuff goes flying everywhere. And he tries to very precarious though. Again, yes. Can't blame Wilby. Right. (laughs) Wilby has some proprioceptory issues with knowing where things are around him, but But I mean it was just right in the middle of the Right in the middle of the floor, yeah. And everything's loose on top. So anyway, he tries to help and the professor shoes him off and he leaves. The professor says they say it takes all kinds. Which come on, (laughs) Professor. (laughs) Come on, man. You're a kind. Uh, back in the neighborhood, Buzz is dropping off Francesca, and they've clearly made a date. Uh, Francesca wonders, oh, I wonder what happened to Wilby. Not that she apparently cared enough to go check before they left. Um, yeah, come on, I was ditching him. Francesca is frustratingly detached. She's a chaos agent. Yeah. <laughs> she's well. she's one of those people just isn't aware of the chaos they cause in other people's lives. She just Military brat. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? True. Yeah, yeah, no strings attached. Yeah, that's true. Just one city to the next. Yeah. Uh, later, Wilby and Moochie are cleaning out the basement. Moochie's given the rundown of who they've sold their stuff to. Apparently, there's a big market for stray animals and chemicals in the neighborhood. Uh, Wilby's fretting about he's just a mixed up guy, and uh, Wilson calls them upstairs to get ready for bed. Moochie heads out, but Wilby's wrapping up when he notices that a ring from the museum has fallen into the cuff of his cuffed jeans. He reads the ring's inscription in Canis Corpore Transmuto. He starts trying to remember his first year Latin, trying to figure out what it means, and in doing so, repeats the inscription many times. Uh, He's kind of flipping it around and just bebopping about it. Over in the Andresi house, Chiffon acts like something's up. And we cut back to the basement where Wilby has started to sprout white fur from his hair. Uh, he looks into the mirror. His animals are starting to freak out. He's got some mice and a turtle or tortoise. Uh, he gets furrier. He gets furrier. And we get a process shot where Chiffon disappears from the Andresi house. And Wilby is now a sheepdog. The, the couch mm. depression. Yeah, yeah that was effect. good, wasn't it? Was, was solid, yeah. yeah. The uh, the montage with the the animals really made me laugh out loud. Yeah, <laughs> the, the freaking out animals. Yeah. Like a squirrel in a time in a passes. Wheel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Wilson keeps. Oh, Wilby, come upstairs. Get in bed. Uh, but Wilby, who can talk, he'll still talk, even in his dog form. He's like stalling. Your mother told you to wear a sweater in the basement. It's cold. <laughs> I've got a sweater, Pop. Uh, we'll be he like kind out. of husks it up too. He's like, yeah, oh, okay, Pop, okay, Pop. <laughs> Do you have a sore throat? <laughs> Told you to wear a sweater. Uh, Wilby's <laughs> freaking out. Says this will kill Pops. Yeah, he decides only Professor Plumcott can help him. So he heads upstairs, where we find out that Wilson's dog thing isn't totally psychosomatic because he starts kind of clearing his throat as he's. Turning out the house lights. He's got a little allergy thing there going on. Wilby jumps out a window and heads to the museum where the professor is still working. Professor starts having a conversation with the dog as if nothing was unusual. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> I was expecting you. It's good Good to see you. Well, what he says next I just was just so bizarre. I mean, uh, when he says, uh, well, he finds out it's Wilby and says, oh, I always thought you seemed like you might be a good shapeshifter. Yeah. The first time <laughs> I saw you, I said to myself, that boy's got potential to be a shapeshifter or something like that. I mean, yeah. That's just, a, what that's... a strange thing to say. Plumcut's really unhinged, man. 
He is. Uh, it's out there. Uh, I'm surprised Plum Cut wasn't played by who's that actor that I don't like? Uh, oh, Ed Wynn. Yeah, that'd be a, <laughs> yeah. A, this would Wynn be a part. peak Ed Wynn role. Could it be would Ed be. Wynn. I, I think yeah. you know it's like is this really even part of the museum or is this some storeroom that he like is like oh I'm gonna put my exhibit together and they're like okay just lock plum cut in there for a little bit it's gonna <laughs> like one of their donors is like one you have days. to let my dad come in and like play <laughs> yeah, right. in the back room with like all the you know like we've got some mannequins from that old display he can like make his little torture chamber and play with them. <laughs> Another shapeshifter walking Another into the museum today. I thought about having me. <laughs> well, that's well, what Anderson's walking down the street. For, right? That's a shapeshifter. That's a <laughs> shapeshifter. There's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Isn't that why and- Andersey is Dr. Andersey's there? Is he probably there to replace Professor? Yeah. Well, they say he's like an assistant curator at the museum. So I'm like, man, this museum is hopping. Yeah, I guess. Maybe, yeah, he's going to be the real guy. And Plumcott's just <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, he's our. Uh, uh, you know, uh, honorary, honorary curator, <laughs> right? Uh, the volunteer curation guild. Uh, so yeah, he says, you know, I always thought you seem like you look like a good shape shifter, which is an odd thing to say. Uh, we'll be shows in the ring, which of course belong to the Borgias who are everywhere in this town. Professor's excited to have it back. And, uh, we'll like, well, that's great. You're super excited about the ring, but I don't want to be a dog. And the professor's kind of surprised. He's like, well, why not? Yeah. Dogs are fun. But oh, I can't do anything anyway. Let's just be an old spell. I don't know. Uh, he's <laughs> super unhelpful. Says, he you gets know. Wildly uh, speculative. Like, yeah. <laughs> From a storytelling perspective, though, I don't know why they left this in. This seems like a scene that should have just been cut. Yeah. Because it doesn't add anything. There's yeah. no, I don't think there's anything that happens that's even referenced later right um, so i'm surprised that i didn't i guess it just establishes that he like tried to get help well he tells it's them like there are a few rules that he yeah right he but tells he's them guessing he's right guessing yeah exactly he's like there are all kinds of spells he says some break after a while others come and go like a headache which is turns out what Wilby has although he neither of them know this at the time says, Wilby could be a dog sometime and a boy the rest of the time. Also says, an act of heroism could cure Wilby, as those are often important in breaking spells. Even though he's basing all this on, like, old stories and, like, fables. Well, and one of many spells that it could be. It's like, yeah, there's this one story uh, that isn't even an old story, because I think Felix Salton was, like, still alive. So it couldn't have been that old. I don't know when Hound of Florence was written, but he mentions Hound of Florence, and he's like, have you ever heard the Hound of Florence? It's about a young man who's in love with a beautiful girl but gets turned into a dog. And eventually he gets into a fight with an evil duke to save the girl and is fatally stabbed, but uh, turns back into a person before he dies. That's good. (laughs) Thanks, Professor. Uh, Yeah, he takes this as evidence that the spell can be broken. As this, like, I got work to do, you know, Will, but that, you should just be happy. Have a stiff upper lip. Laugh. He's like, ah, oh, excuse me, I have some work to do. It's like, uh, yes, I've just seen you know, the boy transformed into a dog. I have to get back to this uh, exhibit I'm putting together. <laughs> I got to get back to my witch mannequin. Pardon me. The arm is the arm is loose on my witch mannequin, <laughs> so I got to fix her. Uh, 
yeah, Lilby is generally unsatisfied with this help, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, I love it. He's like, well, what should I do? He's like, I'll be happy. Yeah. Well, that's good life advice, Professor Plunkot. So uh, <laughs> head out to the street where we find the ultimate Disney cop. The yeah, Disney right. cop. There he is. Yeah. In Until all his Mr. Garrison. Until Mr. Garrison. Uh, he's out on the street getting some coffee, and we get a bit of business. He turns around, runs into Wilby, and Wilby's like, sorry. There's some back and forth before the cop realizes what has happened. Like He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Okay, thanks. And it's, you know, it's the same ones from Absent Mind Professor. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. guy? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's those same guys. I mean, same guys. Uh, so he realizes finally, oh, the dog talked. And uh, he gets into his car. He's spooked. Ask his partner, did you see that dog? And uh, he can't bring himself to tell his partner what happened. So we have a nyuk nyuk moment as the uh, cop sort of stares off into the distance <laughs> and drinks his coffee. Uh, it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Uh, back home, Will becomes in the window as Moochie is Moochie's kind of groggy, kind of watching, half asleep. Wilby grabs his PJs, which is fun, goes into the bathroom, puts them on. We hear him gargling, and uh, we see him brush his teeth. The dog brushes his teeth. Uh, we also get a toilet flush, which must have been avant-garde. Had him rolling <laughs> in the aisles. <laughs> Can you believe it? The toilet go flush. <laughs> um, Wilby comes out in his PJs, gets in bed, and uh, Michi again watches as he falls back asleep. Uh, the Moochie acting like he was sleeping uh, when he was supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Uh, really cracked me up. Not his finest moment as an actor. Um, can we also talk about how Moochie has a trumpet on his wall? Which I didn't notice that. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that tracks, Wake up, yeah. hey guys. I'm surprised he didn't wake him up one morning with the trumpet. Yeah. Just because. Oh, Maybe it was cut out. The dog on the PJs was a little, it was a little weird. Especially you didn't like the that. Dog didn't, it didn't have a tail, so there's. It, oh yeah, he should have cut a hole for his tail. This is uncomfortable. Well, the dog didn't have a tail to begin with. Later, oh, I mean, I, I discovered. Oh right, that, that's right. So he kind of has person booty. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a bear, like wearing <laughs> clothes. A bear in pajamas? How can that be? Does that make you uncomfortable, Robert? <laughs> yeah, you know, it just felt just it was just it's like you know you're, you're expecting to see something. Moment. And remember when a, a Bugs dog Bunny would dress up like a girl bunny? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> Is this an uncanny valley kind of thing or what? Yeah, it was gonna. Well, it, the, the whole puppet dog puppet thing is the uncanny valley, big time. But, oh yeah, yeah. Wag your tail, one, two, three. Cross your paws, bend your knee. Turn around facing me. Do the shaggy door, cha cha cha. Spin around and repeat. Keep on spinning to the beat. Stamp out the rhythm with your paws of feet. That's the shaggy dog. Cha cha cha. 
Well, act two begins with a sweet dog just strolling down the sidewalk past the Daniels house until it hears the alarming sound of Mr. Daniels humming as he comes out the front door and the dog immediately just takes off running. Which means I guess Daniels has a reputation in the dog community of uh, being that guy. Um, Mr. Daniels is getting his morning newspaper and returns inside yelling for the boys to wake up. Moochie starts telling Wilby, who's still asleep under the covers, that he had a dream last night that Wilby was a shaggy dog. But Wilby isn't responding to his brother. So Moochie pulls back the covers and finds that Wilby is still a dog and it wasn't a dream after all. The two try to figure out what to do because their father swore that the first time he found a dog in their house, he'd shoot it. But uh uh-oh, trouble's coming because here comes Pop up the stairs. And uh, Wilby uh, gets back in the bed, and Moochie covers him up again. And uh, Wilson comes in the room. He's like, Rrr! "Yeah, what's and, his uh, problem?" Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's "Come on, boys, let's go." Yeah, yeah. Um, immediately, Moochie does his best to distract him so he doesn't <laughs> discover that his oldest son is, is actually a dog. And you know, actually, Moochie does a pretty good job. It actually works. Yeah. <laughs> This Moochie uh, bit with the harmonica destroys me. It, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Useful Moochieing, though. Yeah, yeah you, Moochie, <laughs> Moochie is like Moochie uses his Moochiness like intentionally in this movie. Right, I right. feel like it's a like lot, yeah. controlling it's not forced Moochie. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's, it's not organic un, un, Moochie, unbridled Moochie. He channels his <laughs> Moochie for the for good. I always kind of identified with the Tommy Kirk Moochie dynamic in this particular movie. Because they're they're kind of like they're kind of like I feel if I had turned into a dog, Jeff would have probably reacted the same way uh, at a certain age, you know. And but they're they're kind of like they're teaming up though. They're they're teaming up. Yeah, they are. They are. Well, uh, Wilson tells the boys to hurry up, and get downstairs. <laughs> and then down at the breakfast table, uh, Mrs. Daniels greets her husband, and they have like a weird kind of distant non-intimate symbolic smooch yeah <laughs> she's like morning uh, dear God, they, they're like a foot apart and like they, they kiss from like a kiss. foot away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she pours his coffee for him and while reading the morning more, paper more coffee wilson service. begins to itch yeah coffee service well wilson begins to itch and he asks frida if she had seen any dogs in the house and she of course says no they wouldn't dare and then he asks her if his eyes have gotten puffy, and she says they've always been puffy, dear, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Mad burn. Yeah, yeah I laughed at that. Uh, Wilson continues to scratch at his neck, and he suspects that his wife is hiding a dog, and she's a, kind of offended at the, impl- uh, the implications, and she tells him sternly, Wilson, I think you'd better eat your eggs. And this was, I mean, I'd already kind of started not liking Fred McMurray's character, but this was the, really the beginning of oh, boy. not liking him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, upstairs, Wilby's trying to explain to Moochie that he may be a dog, but he's not going to be his pet. Uh, <laughs> but then Wilson calls out for them to come and eat breakfast. And boys, come eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and Moochie says he'll tell father that Wilby isn't hungry so that Wilby can stay upstairs. But Wilby says he's starving and asks Moochie to bring him some food. Well, Moochie and his father are down at the breakfast table and uh, Wilson continues reading his newspaper, but unable to wait any longer, Wilby decides that he's going to sneak out of the house, and he starts heading down the stairs. So Moochie notices his brother trying to slide by, and once again distracts his father by asking him questions about the newspaper. I think it was like a lawnmower ad. He's like, hey, Dad, what's this ad here? 
this. Listen to this. Yeah, well, this this works, of course, and gives Will be the chance to get by unnoticed. Then Will be heads into the kitchen where his mother catches him trying to get something to eat. And she tries to kind of shush him out. And and right then, this is when really cemented my disdain for this character. He's like, my toast. (laughs) My toast. That made me so mad. Where's my toast? Where's my my toast? toast? Freedom, my toast. (laughs) It's like, it's toast, dude. It's your own toast. My toast. And Frida brings Wilson his toast through like a swinging kitchen door. And uh, and while the door is kind of swinging shut, he gets brief glimpses of in the kitchen. And he thinks he sees a dog in the really kitchen. Funny. Uh, Wilson asks his wife, Frida, if if there is a dog in the kitchen. And her, her response, which is kind of silly, is, well, what kind of a dog? <laughs> and sets Wilson off. That's all I need to like, know. That's it. Give me my shotgun. <laughs> and he goes and gets his shotgun. And Mooch, Moochie's like, ah, oh, dad, don't do it. And Moochie's, he's just begging. Him. He's like, please, you, you can't shoot your own. Uh, and then he's, you know, it's a neighbor's dog. And then Moochie <laughs> smartly, again, does a great move here. He yells even louder, kind of cups his hands around his mouth and yells like, almost like a warning to Wilby who hears him in the, in the kitchen and he takes off running. Uh, well, Wilson's not far behind him and he's, he even takes a shot at Wilby, uh, Which, with the I shotgun. Mean, come on, dude. Oh, yeah. You're in a neighborhood. With, exactly. Dark. You're in town yeah. limits and you're aiming towards a house. And your laundry. Yeah. Which was a cool effect. So it yeah, was yeah. A cool effect. Wilby gets around the corner and he runs through some laundry that's being hung out to dry and, the shot, even though it's not very realistic, it's just it was a cool effect of how they did that. Uh, yeah, it really was. I thought that was done or well done. Um, so yeah, Wilson is chasing Wilby around the yard some more until Wilby escapes, and, and then uh, Wilson does some more old man yelling at him. He's like, "Well, next time I, I I will I will" or something like that. <laughs> you know, he just kind of runs out of things to say. Uh, Wilby is still very hungry, but suddenly catches the delightful smell of bacon cooking from the Andersey house. Yeah. AKA the new neighbors where we see Francesca talking with their butler, Stefano, as he is cooking up a mess of bacon. <laughs> a lot of bacon. Mm. Francesca is Chris upset. Love his bacon. <laughs> Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris Christie right. likes his bacon. Francesca is upset that her dog, uh, Chiffon is missing and blames Stefano for not watching him close enough. Let me talk about, the way Francesca talks down to the servants, especially yeah. him, I, d- I do not care for that. She's a little <laughs> snooty. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Well, about that time, Wilby arrives at the door and the butler lets him in, saying, Ah, oh, there you are. Where have you been all night, you wretched beast? <laughs> Wilby immediately goes to the, it just goes right in, goes immediately just goes up to the pan of bacon and tries to grab a piece. Which like, Francesca. No, don't yeah, do that. You're going to burn yourself, number one. <laughs> like that that burning grease in your fur? No yeah. way, dude. Hmm. Francesca gets onto him, thinking, of course, Wilby's her dog. And we'll, then Wilby just kind of lays down in the floor of the kitchen. And uh, and Francesca playfully asks him where, you know, some questions like, what, he's been, what has he been up to? But then quickly forgives him. And she offers him some breakfast. Uh, and then Wilby, I guess, forgetting he's a dog, just kind of hops up in a chair at the table. Of course, much to Francesca's surprise, and 
She gets him down, but just as the doorbell rings. Well, then here goes Stefano, and he's going to go open the door, and he opens the door for a Mr. Thurm, who's a shady-looking character played by the, the great Struthers Martin. Yeah. We have, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Thurm is there to see Dr. Andresy, who's expecting him, and Stefano leads him upstairs. Well, meanwhile, back in the kitchen... Francesca has poured Wilby some dog food in a bowl, and it doesn't look too appealing to Wilby after, you know, Francesca says that he eats it, and he eventually does, but it made me wonder, I was like, so does Wilby like the dog food as I a wondered dog? that, too. I <laughs> thought when he ate it, they should have had him be like, huh. You know? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, but yeah. instead, they had the slowest chewing foley of all time. <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. The call, call, call foley is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, later francesca is headed out of the house and Wilby tries to follow her but she says oh no you don't and she orders stefano to take the dog and prevent him from escaping again jerk well, yeah stefano leads Wilby by the collar into a side room and locks the door and this time he takes the key with him just to ensure that there's no way for him to get out well this side room is mainly full of like junk and all kinds of stuff it's like a that. big old but, like i thought it was like i thought it was oh he's putting him in a closet but this yeah. is like a like a portal to Narnia or something there <laughs> under the stairway. It is. And there's a, there's a window in this room. It's like, it looks like a stained glass window or something like that. But Wilby tries to th- – thinks he, he might be able to get out that way. And he has – there's some boxes and he tries to climb up on them but ends up falling to the ground. And that, that, that stunt of that dog falling down, I was like, oh, poor dog. I know. Sam, <laughs> man. But the fall itself triggers the, the morphing effect. Uh, uh, and Wilby is now back to human again, which didn't make sense. I was like, I don't understand why. It seemed as if they were implying that the fall is what triggered it. Yeah, I thought, uh, the, okay, it knocked him out or something, and that's what made it happen. But yeah. we find out later sleep doesn't make it happen necessarily. Right, well, we've already right. seen that, I guess. But when, when Wilby transforms back into the human, uh, we then also see Chiffon uh, reappear in the living room uh, on the couch. But Wilby is still stuck in the room. So we've got the dog is now outside the room, but Wilby is still in the room, in the side room. So Wilby happily realizes he's human again, and he finds a screwdriver and takes the door off the hinges to escape. But just as he does, the real chiffon comes barking, and Wilby you know, kind of freaks out a little bit and takes the screwdriver and kind of tosses it to the side, and uh, chiffon goes and fetches it in his mouth. <laughs> Well, right about then, the butler, Stefano, returns after preparing a tray with some coffee. And uh, and the shock of finding the door unhinged and Chiffon holding the screwdriver in his mouth <laughs> causes him to drop the tray and uh, bust that, all the dishes and everything. That, that made me take. laugh. Yeah. 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 Uh, back at the Daniels house, Moochie is outside looking in the bushes for his brother. He's like, Willby! Willby! <laughs> And we'll count be Marucci to be low key, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. will be arrives, and uh, Moochie's disappointed to see that his brother is no longer a dog. And because Mo- Moochie's holding a dog collar <laughs> and a ball, and- a collar though, yeah, <laughs> it's like it looks like something for a tiger, yeah, a dog. <laughs> uh, and and will will be isn't happy with his little brother either. He, he's saying this dog business is over. But it's clear that I don't think Wilby's convinced that uh, it's actually over. But uh, Wilby asks where their father is, and Moochie says he's inside cleaning his gun. 
and and once again, Tommy Kirk gives a great gulp moment. Yes. Oh, that was a great take there. Well, later that evening, the Daniels family's gathered around the dinner table, and Mrs. Daniels says to her husband that if he doesn't mind, they'll have dinner early tomorrow night since they are all going to go to the country club dance. Well, Wilson, continuing his misogynist ways, asks if his best suit is clean, and the sharp Frida says, yes, it is. She had it cleaned last week. She's on the ball. But then really she is. Yeah. But then she asked Wilby, she's like, Wilby, why don't you take a girl to the dance this time? And uh, before Wilby can answer, Wilson's like, ah, he's too young. Ah, he shouldn't too be young. going. <laughs> and Fr- then Frida kind of turns it on him and she's like, that's nonsense. And then she's saying, just because you didn't go out with girls until you were 23. <laughs> Frida's <laughs> miserable. She just lives on burning her husband. <laughs> oh. yeah, totally. Totally. It's so true. <laughs> And he's like, uh, that's not true. No, I was 20 <laughs> in China. <laughs> uh, well, Frida convinces Wilson and suggests that Wilby take Allison to the dance. But Wilby's like, mm, Buzz is the one that takes Allison to all the dances. And then they try to think of someone else. But Moochie's like, oh, why can't Wilby just take me to the dance instead? And of course, Wilby isn't having any of that. Uh, Wilby's mom finally suggests that he takes uh, Francesca. But to Wilby shoots that I, that idea down, saying, you know, he wouldn't even have a chance with her. And then there's a knock on the door. And, of course, again, the lazy Wilson's like, ah, Wilby, you go see who that is. Yeah. Nah. yeah. <laughs> and Wilby gets up and goes to check on it. And it's Buzz. And he wants to talk to Wilby. Who, and this, Wilby thinks it's about the money again. This When Buzz is rocking the sweater vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toxic uh, Buzz. Buzz says it's not about the money. He has another problem because he's asked Allison and Francesca both to the dance and he needs Wilby to help him out. So he's going to use Wilby to make Allison think Francesca is his date, but instead Francesca will think Allison is Wilby's date. Buzz thinks this is going to be fun because it's just a harmless little joke on the girls, but it's really a win-win situation for him. Well, to avoid having to go with Moochie to the dance, Wilby agrees to do it. Well, the next evening, Wilby is sitting in the back of Buzz's hot rod, all dressed up. Uh, And just as Buzz opens the car door, the beautifully dressed Allison, who compliments Wilby on how nice he looks, is getting in. And Buzz hops in and peels out. (laughs) This this gave me a great chuckle because Buzz hops into his, his hot rod. And just revs the engine and peels out just to do like a (laughs) U-turn and basically go maybe 10 feet total (laughs) uh, across the street in front of Jessica. Yeah, it's like exactly opposite on the street. Yeah, He's like, boom, he's there. And then the engine's off again. (laughs) Buzz got the nice white uh, evening coat on too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Looks like the one I wore to Uncle Bob's wedding back in the day. Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Real Buzz vibe back then. (laughs) Buzz hops out, but tells Wilby there's no need for him to get out to because he'll fetch his date for him. Alone in the car, Allison says to Wilby, imagine taking the prettiest girl in town to the dance. Then one of the bashful Wilby kind of tries to play it off, but then Allison keeps going and says, "Uh, Francesca certainly seems to find you attractive. And she says, "Uh, of course, I'm not as sophisticated as she is, 
but there is something about you lately, something unusual. Yeah. So you're starting to detect that the uh, Allison's a little thirsty there for Willby too. I, you know? I was at this point, I was like, ditch the snob, Willby, work on Allison. Yeah. You yeah. got a you got a window there. Would have been the smart play. Yep. Mm. About this time, Buzz and Francesca come walking up to the, the hot rod, and they all greet one another. And Buzz suggests that both girls sit up front with him, since sitting in the back can be murder on the hair. Oh, uh, this whole stunt is so ridiculous. It's like Proto Three's company. Yeah, with Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> well, Francesca enters the car. And she says something French to Allison, who you can definitely tell is annoyed, but she politely says that she doesn't speak French. And then yeah. Toby just, just kind of sinks down in his seat. Why do you keep doing that French flex? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. Show us another language. You know seven of them. How about <laughs> something else? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the country club dance, everybody's there. Including the Daniels family, and they're all in there dancing and having a good time. <laughs> yeah, Wilson's really happy now. This is like the I one was time. dying. That like, was me too. <laughs> I was dying at Wilson in this real Nettie the Nut vibes almost. Yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> Nettie the Nut. He needed that fur coat and the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> well, as Buzz removes Allison's coat, he continues his plan and asks her to do him a favor and dance with Wilby first, saying that Wilby is nervous and scared of Francesca. Well, Allison finds it kind of odd, since Francesca is supposed to be Wilby's date. And plus, Buzz has never shown concern for Wilby before, but she, so you know she, she agrees. Well, in front of Francesca, Buzz suggests Wilby and Allison have the first dance, and the two couples begin to dance. Well, Francesca mentions to Buzz that Wilby and Allison look very sweet together, and uh, he buzz, you know, kind of the gears are turning and he's going to keep working his plan. And he tells Francesca that Wilby has a crush on Allison, but Allison isn't interested in him, saying she goes for the more sophisticated type. Well, Francesca what? has this, this sophisticated idea. thing about I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. Francesca gets this idea that she will make a fuss over Wilby and pretend to be interested in him to make Allison jealous. And of mm. course, Buzz loves this idea, not realizing what's going to happen. Is this the one where he's he's like, she can't see Wilby for sour apples? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. The song ends, and there's this great band playing. And the band leader stands up. All right, the next dance will be a ladies' tag dance. Man, where did they find this band? Oh, where did so they get have, these guys from? I looked it up. I, so they're a they're a real band from well, San I mean, Gabriel High School. From San Gabriel High School is where they got these guys. <laughs> so they the local high school and said, "Hey, anybody got a band around here?" Well, I mean, those guys definitely weren't actors. It was like the I hope this is a real band because it was like, and now. A special song for you people. <laughs> yeah, the band leader's a little stiff. He's yeah. a little, yeah. across a little, a little stiff. All right. all right, kid, read this line. Yeah. Yeah, so he said, all right, the next dance is going to be a ladies' tag dance, and which is basically, you know, where a girl goes up and taps the other girl who's dancing with somebody, and they can she can take her dance partner. So anyways, so both girls, both Allison and Francesca, rush over to dance with Wilby. And Francesca gets to him first, and which is right in front of the disappointed Allison. So Allison ends up dancing with a buzz. Before long, Allison tags Francesca on the back to indicate that she now wants to dance with Wilby and explains that it is customary, and Francesca is now left dancing with a buzz. But Francesca doesn't wait long. 
herself and does the exact same thing right back to Allison, taking Wilby as her dance partner once again. And then here comes this other young lady who wants, also wants to dance with Wilby and tags Francesca. So everybody's wanting a piece of Wilby suddenly. And I'm like, Got- yeah, all right. Go Wilby. Yeah, Annette is mad sassy in this movie. I love yep. it. Loving it. Buzz is dancing with Allison and notices that Wilby, of course, is getting all the attention in the room. And he asks Allison, hey, you know, what are you thinking? What are you doing over here? And she's like, you know, I'm just breaking the ice. And he's like, yeah, break it. Don't melt it. <laughs> I was like, that's a good line. Uh, Allison quickly tags in again to dance with Wilby. And all while this is going on, that you know, Wilson and Frida and Moochie are sitting over there at a side table, you know, drinking coffee and looking on. Which I don't know. It was. It just felt weird that there were like these other these families just watching these kids dance. I don't know. It's a different yeah. time, but it still felt yeah. weird. Weird. Moochie has a real like his hair is so long. It's kind of like a nineteen seventies like haircut. Like, yeah, very. He's going to the Grammys game. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wilson says it's amazing that all those pretty girls actually seem to enjoy dancing with Wilby. Come on, man. And he says something like, uh, if I had to bet anything, I was out of bet. Something like, Wilby would have been the, the all-American wallflower. I think that's what he says. Yeah. And this causes Frida to say that uh, there are more things about your son that you don't know. And, uh, I, you know, of course, she doesn't know about Wilby being a dog. But, of course, Moochie does. And Moochie's stuffing his face with cake, but all of a sudden stops. <laughs> and, and gives that signature big eyes Moochie look. <laughs> that piece of cake. Was no joke. <laughs> the cake, the, him and the cake was the most moochie, probably the highest moochie of the movie, probably. <laughs> well, the song ends, and that, of course, that same stiff young band leader stands up and he, get, he yells out, The next number is a Paul Revere. Paul <laughs> Revere. <laughs> and first of all, I don't even know what a Paul Revere dance is. Me Does me anybody know? No, I, I looked look it, it up. up. I couldn't figure it out. What did you say? I couldn't figure it out either. Yeah. No. I mean, it's I like a, it almost like a barn dance kind of thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a line dance. But or every time yeah. I looked it up, Square it was in dance. reference to this movie. Was the weird thing, <laughs> and it was like Paul Revere. It was like just had the line. I was like, well, that's weird. Well, it's like it's, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make the Paul Revere right. sweep the world. Yeah, it's gonna be a Paul Revere, everyone. Well, all the lights dim down, and again, both girls beeline it for Wilby. But again, Francesca gets to him first. Uh, and Wilson asks Frida to dance, and she tells Moochie, "No more cake." <laughs> and he, he, oh, come on, ma! And, he's like, ah! And he's just sitting at the table. It was just kind of like I don't know. I think I, I related to that moment. I don't know. I think I have a memory somewhere of my being at a, something very similar where my parents are like, "All right, Andy, don't eat anymore." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I'm sitting here by myself." <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, so Wilby's having a wonderful time, and he kind of gets caught up in the moment, and he's dancing with the beautiful Francesca, when suddenly he begins to transform back into the shaggy dog again. Well, now Moochie, of course, his parents are not around. He gets up, and he's going to fill his plate full of sandwiches. <laughs> Swiping uh, when, sandwiches, Moochie. When nobody's Moochie. looking. And he sees Wilby transforming from across the room and gives his signature, oh, no, or oh, no. There's a great, great camera zoom there. Yeah, it was, it was bizarre, though, wasn't it? That's something I hadn't seen before in like a yeah. Disney film. Yeah. This kind of shaky. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, Moochie runs over to warn Wilby as the whole dance floor starts like this Paul Revere dance, as we kind of talked about. It's kind of like a weird square dance-like <sighs> thing where they were kind of dancing with partners, but now they've moved to this like left-hand, right-hand alternating partner switching thing where surely, you know, you know, Wilby's transforming. You're starting to see the fur come back. And Why did nobody dance. notice? Exactly. Someone would have noticed. Yeah, that for sure. seemed a little like you grabbed because his yeah. hands were like furry, like paws already. Right. So it's yeah. like, oh, that guy's hand was a paw, a fuzzy paw. Yeah. It's like no one would be looking at him in the face as they went through. Although his face as he's dancing in this like transformation mode kills me. He's got this like he's so happy. He's just mm-hmm. like, huh. <laughs> just happy, happy will be <laughs> with all this like fluff coming off of his face. <laughs> Oh, Moochie's uh, gets caught up in the commotion of all the, the dancing, but he finally makes it to his brother and basically just tackles him. Uh, and, <laughs> That's a solid and, tackle, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he warns him. He's like, "You're turning back to a dog," and Will be is rather upset. And then he does this kind of awkward dive behind some indoor plants. Yeah, in yeah. The, in the yeah. club, and and then they have this processed overlay shot, whooshy kind of thing, showing that Chiffon. <laughs> the dog back at the Andersey home is now disappearing and will be emerges from the plants as the shaggy dog. Once again, well, Moochie is excited to see him. He's like, Oh boy, you're a dog again. <laughs> but I like laughed out loud at the bone drop because she disappears yes. and the yes. bone is yeah. still in the air and goes talk just on the ground. <laughs> yes. It's so yeah. dumb. I, I laughed so hard at that. Because you know someone thought that through. They're like, oh, we gotta have the the guy the bone fall. Oh yeah. It's just the timing of it is like perfect timing of the drop. Yeah, so Moochie's excited and he says that uh is he's a lot more fun as a dog than he is as a big brother. And Willby <laughs> tells him to shut up. He's like, shut <laughs> up. Get me out of here. Oh, Moochie points the way for Willby to sneak out. And as Willby, you know, of course, in the dog form is crawling along the floor, Francesca notices him thinking that it's her dog chiffon again and and wondering why, why is her dog there and she's like catch him for me buzz and buzz is like oh okay and starts chasing <laughs> after him and willby runs away through the crowded dance hall with buzz in pursuit and of course wilson so he's like oh that's that dog again ah and just kind of starts scratching <laughs> at himself again uh then willby escapes through Something that's in this movie a lot is there's a lot of just open windows everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Once again, nobody real. had AC. Although yeah. I like having been in California, lived in California a while, I totally believe it because like nowhere has AC and it's all about windows being open. So I believe it. Mm. Yeah. Will be escapes through the open window and into the parking lot with, uh, and still with Buzz chasing him around. But then he ultimately gets away. And this really sets up the tension. And so now, stay tuned for Act 3 and the conclusion of The Shaggy Dog, 1959. (laughs) Wilby, are you all right? Oh boy, you're a dog again. What are you so happy about? Gosh, Wilby. You know you're a lot more fun as a dog than you are as my brother. Ah, shut up and get me out of here. Okay, boy. I don't want anything to happen to you now. Come on, 
Back home, the phone rings. Wilson does a little too much exp- explaining uh, to save them from doing cuts back and forth from the dog on the phone, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, Wilson starts restating all the questions. Is it all right if you stay at Buzz's house? Okay. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, too, because they showed one picture or like one shot of the dog in the phone booth, but it never had his voice. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah, it's just like they established that he was mm. yeah, but then they never used anything. No. It was yeah. a weird weird choice by the director. Yeah. yeah. Uh the same cops that we continue to see throughout all of our Disney movies are uh come across the dog on the phone and as Hanson approaches, Wilby says sorry and runs off. Rattled by the sight of the dog on the phone, Officer Hanson says he had a whim and decided not to phone home. Uh I just kept waiting for him to back his car into a lake or something after that. But I hear water. I hear water. I hear water. <laughs> Buzz drops off his dates and Allison has had enough. Buzz does another overly aggressive burnout and you turn and drops yeah. off <laughs> Francesca. It's really getting into this, this gag at this point. <laughs> She's had enough to Francesca storms off. So Buzz just doesn't uh, get it and gives Francesca, well, that's gratitude for you speech. God. One that never goes over well for me personally, if I ever tried to pull that <laughs> off. But uh, after explaining <laughs> what a bad night he'd had, she agrees to help him with the scratch over his eye. Oh, poor Buzz. Buzz tosses Willby under the bus and uh, hard saying the whole, the whole double date ruse was his idea. And an obvious puppet dog pops up behind them <laughs> and watches the two of them uh, talk back and forth before barking and quickly ducking behind the couch <laughs> until the real dog bounds back up. So I, I enjoyed that. That yeah. sequence. Yeah. That dog, even the fake dog take was good. It was just like in angry what? listening what? dog. Buzz keeps referring to the rare dog as a mutt, um, and he continues to l- to lay it on thick until Willoughby has had enough and pounces on Buzz, and a brouhaha erupts, and the shaggy dog wins out, and Buzz decides to split. So another moment where they're just like, all right, Sam, go get him. Yeah. Sam really goes after Buzz quite a bit uh, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, Francesca stops by Dr. Velasquez's study, which I might add is uh, pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Uh, she asks if uh, he will be, he will watch the dog so he doesn't uh, escape again. She gives the uh, will be a kiss and we get this weird uh, ear effect that uh, they've rigged. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> but when she first, yeah. But when she first comes in, he hides his papers. Yeah. Oh, He's up to something. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. That's when you get the first indication. Well, yeah. Of course, Thurm or whatever his name was before. But then this one, you were like, okay, there's something going on here. Starts moving to the Hitchcock part of the, uh, mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. <laughs> it walks one of Velasquez's spy buddies and they start uh, talking about 
undersea hydrogen missile plans. <laughs> As Wilby listens in, Wilby escapes through the laundry chute. And um, how many slow-mo shots do you think they got of that? That's um, slow-mo. Oh. I wondered that too, like how many takes they did of that. Or if they were just like, just get it in one with what, <laughs> put five oh, cameras Oh, Sam on loves it. it. Do it again. Well, that's what they were talking about. They were talking about how he would do everything in the first take. They were even talking about, <clears throat> there's a scene where he goes up to the mirror and does a double take. And that was just unplanned. They were like, he was a natural. He was the best. You know? <laughs> Sam. Sam. A legend. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, something we've not talked about yet is the dog effect of him talking. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Is, yeah, that's uncanny valley big time for me. Yeah. But, but is it a dog or is it like a like that they or they've kind of you know did like the Tuscan Raider thing where they fast forward it and stopped it and kind of reversed it kind of thing or is it like something I don't know they one try to thing get the dog I to read do like a and Mr. I, Ed thing I don't know if it's true or not but I read that they use like beef jerky to get him to talk and then depending oh. on like the mouth motions they would rewrite the dialogue to make sure that it fit. Like or just like tweak it to make sure it fit. Now I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but mm. I saw that somewhere. That's how they did with uh, with Mister Ed, right? Yeah. They gave him peanut butter, like him. peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, they gave him yeah. peanut butter. Uh, stuck in the laundry room, Wilby manages to get a ladder out and climb it with. Uh, now th- th- this this is some solid dog acting I for real. This yeah, stuck, this, this guy's like a very, Sam is a very good boy. Level. There's no Jeb or whatever that dog. Yeah, was. this is not Jeb. That that hack <laughs> dog from. <laughs> looking off at the, always looking off at the trainer like i never Awful. saw a, a look take from from sam no, i mean gosh yeah uh the dog pushes the ladder in place uh before it falls on him and he's still stuck so that yeah man another great take from sam uh the next morning moochie mm-hmm. is mooching on the uh front porch take <laughs> Taking in a Scrooge McDuck comic. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing his little alpine hat, too. <laughs> yeah. say, why has he got a Bing Crosby hat on? <laughs> uh, he's using the uh, the Scrooge McDuck comic to cover uh, his, what he's reading, which is uh, how to train your dog. Uh, why would he need to train full- the dog when it's his brother? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Right. Uh, Moochie goes full Moochie here and gives us a, gosh, Pop, I thought someday you might change your mind about dogs. <laughs> Wilson ain't having it. No. Uh, and reading dog training books is a big waste of time. It's a waste of time. Stop it. Right, and we get in this that Moochie is short for Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. It's a oh. crucial key to the uh, Moochieverse. Did I, is that here? I have it noted later, but maybe did he call Montgomery here too? Yeah, I think so. Um, so back in the laundry room, Willoughby is able to uh, move a pile of suitcases and boxes and make it out of the basement. He meets up with Moochie and tells him the whole plan to steal something from the local missile plant. The, the local <laughs> missile plant. Yep. Yeah. As you one in every town. That's yeah. right. This was a first world in target. the 50s. This is, <laughs> I noticed on the side of the cop car, it said Springfield police huh. and so uh, i don't know of course it's kind of like the simpsons springfield but uh or maybe our our uh, those other guys that other podcast don't know something about it i don't know uh, what maybe. other what other podcast that uh, something uh, spring university yeah i don't oh. know it sounds I'll terrible check, check those guys out they sound like they may have something going on over there yeah i don't know i'm uh, not convinced 
Booch tells Pop all about it. Wilson uh, dismisses it all and calls his, both of his kids woolly-headed. Woolly-headed kids. You're woolly-headed. <laughs> Willby decides he needs to give his dad the uh, quote-unquote shock treatment. <laughs> and it asks, where's the gun? <laughs> Which Moochie is like, oh, I have the key right here. Um, seems like the, there should be a disclaimer for that one now at the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the yeah. gun violence in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Willoughby goes, uh, goes in and begins to talk to Wilson uh, as the dog. It's such after, a great scene, man. I, the framing of this shot yes. is amazing. So incredible. Hey, Pop. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Ruby. What is it? What is it? What's wrong, son? I'm reading a paper again. Well, he never does any work. I mean, this is like like the third day in a row. He shouldn't even been it's doing like, something. He's like Newman. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's all in the garage. That's yeah, what he wanted to clean out the basement <laughs> for. He's right. going to put he's the gonna, mail there. He's going to keep the mail in the basement. <laughs> it's raining out. I don't, I don't deliver on the rain. After some back and forth, Wilson assures Willby he can tell him anything. Willby asks uh, to shake on it and offers his hairy paw. Upon shaking hands with a with a dog, causes Wilson to faint. Which his his exclamation, <laughs> no, it's perfect. Willby and uh, Mushi hide in the bushes, waiting for the fallout, and decide to get the. Get the help from the police, the same ones we saw earlier. Um, evidently, the only two cops in all of Disney uh, universe. Mm-hmm. Well, we find out there are a few more later. But. Yeah, for the for this era, I mean, Mochi says he needs uh, to report a spy and gives them his name. Uh, we get a weird line that uh, evidently uh, where he accused the divinity, <laughs> uh, the dean of the divinity college, uh, of being a gangster. And uh, we so we get touch off on that again. Willby arrives and uh, talks to them, and they still don't buy it, and decides it's just uh, a kid in a dog suit. <laughs> yeah, these people yeah, are really we've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, not amazed by talking dogs in this town. Uh, so they decide to deal with the Martians over at the stockyard instead and leave. Uh, Stefano nabs uh, Willby and takes him home. Wilson is trying to snap uh, to as Frida runs off to get the spirits of ammonia. <laughs> she, she's really going uh, going to wake him up hard with that stuff. But yeah, she yeah. runs in and grabs him, and now he's all on board with, uh, with the spy story. So yeah, Will- I like how he like finally believes him. He's like, "All right, now I'm I'm in one hundred percent. I believe." So Wilson and Moochie run out the front door and. And he tells Frida as he's leaving to stay out of it <laughs> as she's trying to stop him from <laughs> at the local security agency. Wilson is telling the story. Of course, the dog part raises some suspicions as it would. Uh, Wilson mentions section 32 though, and the quote unquote security agent and his, uh, hits a button to, uh, summon some goons to come in. Some security this detective, agent goons. man. This detective is just such amazing casting. Mm-hmm. It's just like, tell us more about this, please. Yeah, yeah. That guy looked like he smelled of cigarettes. He did. Oh, he totally. Like, 
Totally, yes. <laughs> so many cigarettes in his in his past. So the G-men drag Wilson into another room while the other two security agents figure out how he knows about Section 32. Double secret uh, probation. <laughs> 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 then they usher Wilson and Moochie uh, to talk to Dr. Uh, Galvin. And uh, he's an honorary doctor of psychology. Psychiatrist joke. Just across the hall, too. He's just yeah, right it happens there. to have an office across the hall from the security <laughs> agency. Like this music music cue when they reveal the psychiatrist is like, Yeah. They're going to think he's crazy. He's, he's a wackadoodle. Back at Dr. Velasky's house, uh, <laughs> him and Stefano are going to review their scheme aloud to make sure that they know what the plan is. One more time. Let's go over this one more time. (laughs) Wilby sneaks in and listens, uh, and here's the whole plan until he turns back into a human. Nope. When I was a kid, I remember this being, this was like super nerve wracking for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like him behind the couch and like the spies. Wilby tries to fast talk his way out, but Stefano pistol whips him. Yeah. Which seems a bit heavy for a Disney movie. Yeah, they slap him. Commies, man. uh, And then they decide instead of killing him on the spot, Doc decides to lock him up. I think people dealing with missile plants would not waste time on him. He would have been dead. I got to say, though, I'm digging this plot line. Because mm-hmm. I was yeah. afraid that we were going to stick with, oh, he's, he's a dog. Is he ever going to come back from being a dog kind of thing? And this, I was not, I really was not expecting this turn. It really does like hit you uh, in a surprise. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a good, good little uh, gas on the fire of this plot. Like super like. unexpected. Yeah. It's like, it, oh, it, he's a commie spy. Of it course. raises the stakes. When yeah. You don't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. So the question, so we're back at the security agency. Do you think the FBI just said, no, you're not calling, we're not, we're not, you're not using our FBI in this movie or do you? Well, I thought, are they not like security for the missile plant? Like, that's what I was thinking. Maybe. I just thought they were just, they were G men. They were government. I thought that's what they said, that they were, they worked for the government or something. Right. Well, it could be. um, Yeah. For the plant. I don't know. Okay. Maybe so. Yeah. So. I mean, Disney had like Lockheed pretty much across the street in Burbank. So they were used to dealing with like top secret stuff. So at the security agency, Wilson is uh, being questioned by Dr. Galvin and thinks uh, Wilson is fantasizing about dogs. The psychiatrist, Paul Freeze in person, a rare Paul Freeze as himself in person. Not and just voice. his contact with Moochie, uh, like the meeting of those two planes of existence about made my head explode. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. The confluence of things you would never expect. But yeah, Moochie, I was, as a kid, I remember being furious at Moochie for throwing Wilson <laughs> under the bus like this, even though he's got a reason. <laughs> yeah, but Wilson's response, I mean, it was just... I mean, how many can you, what ways you can say, can you say Moochie, Moochie. like that? That was great. I, I was said, like, Moochie. I, that was so Moochie. good. Moochie. <laughs> I said, I need an audio clip of Wilson saying Moochie because he says it so many Moochie. different ways and each one is better than the last. We're going to have true. to go grab that for sure. Have you have a soundboard. In the, the, like, yeah. Moochie, Moochie. Keep that in the back. Murder. <laughs> 
Vlasky's informant returns from the missile plant with section 32, which is some sort of pocket watch. Anyone? What was that? I don't know. They have all of the parts though. It's very important. I think the pocket watch was a way to hide it. Yeah. I think it was just some sort of detonator. Thermal detonator. <laughs> There's trouble at the plant. The G-men are snooping around or the security agents or whoever they work for. Uh, they decide to use the emergency plan. Always good to have a plan A, mm. B, and an mm-hmm. emergency plan. That's so right. These guys, these are professionals, man. They're ready. They, they're planned out. They know what they're doing, man. Yeah, they know what's going Ruskin on. They artifacts. They, they are ready. And the emergency plan involves a boat and leaving the country. So... Francesca walks in and is informed that she's going away with them for a few days. And Fran isn't having uh, that and is not excited. And the doc threatens her at this point. Which is like rough, man. Yeah, bad deal. You're very smart. I don't need to threaten you with needless threats. Like, way to not know your dad was a commie, Francesca. Right. Yeah. The uh, the security agents dump Moochie off at his house, and he immediately just goes go, looking kid. for Wilby. All right, take, get out Thanks of here, for kid. letting me play with your gun. <laughs> <laughs> the doc and uh, the henchmen pile into their uh, pretty sweet 1957 Lincoln Capri Landau. Ooh. So there's a lot of Fords in this uh, these movies. Makes her appear daily. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mooch climbs in a window and Wilby starts to change back into a dog. Moochie and Wilby escape plowing over Buzz and stealing his car in the process. The cops <laughs> give a few extended uh, look takes before Buzz stops the cops and they decide to give chase. Buzz's line, hey, you mangy cur, come back with my car, was always in like the sizzle reels they would put out like on yes. like, Disney home VHS with like, yes. you know, all the greatest hits or whatever. Hey, you Magic Kirk, come back with my car. Didn't they, um, I think they ran this pretty extensively on the Disney Channel for a while. I remember oh, they yeah, kept doing totally. little, little, little teasers, and that was that was always the, the Yes, clip. yeah, totally. Because I remember the like the music cue and everything, uh, and then his like line. Is, it's always what I think of. That kind of reminds me. Did they ever colorize this film? Yeah, because they did. You, oh, okay. I saw the colorized version. Yeah, I was thinking that. In the 80s when they were doing that a lot. They did uh, Absent-Minded Professor 2, and it was really creepy. I think we talked about that probably, is how creepy it was. The um, the Disney Plus, the the still that they have when you're, you know, sl- you've selected a movie and you're getting ready to say, okay, yeah, let's watch it. it. It's the colorized. And so I thought this movie was going to be in color, and then when it was in black and white, I was like, oh, I'm confused. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I saw that and I was like, surely they don't have the colorized one. And then I looked like under extras to see if like it was on there. I was like, no, okay. It's the black and white one. But uh, yeah, I noticed that too. So Pop returns after having Lord knows what done to him at the security agency. <laughs> He's rough. <laughs> Must've been bad. Yeah. That or known Wilson's kind of a pansy. <laughs> He's haggard. He calls, uh, Mag- he calls Moochie Montgomery here and says, don't ever speak to me again. Don't ever speak to me again, Montgomery. <laughs> so buzz stuffs wilson in the car and it's time for a good old-fashioned disney car chase yeah before uh or as they're stuffing him in the car uh wilson gets in a line that has become a very resonant with our family down through the years 
Uh, what is it? He protests. I am not a well man. <laughs> yeah. Which I had forgotten that this is where that came from. That's actually, right. Because we and say that, it so often. Yes, it's often said. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about this comedy trajectory through the years. All the awful car car chases. This I mean, they need to take their notes from this one. This one was a lot more efficient. Yes, yes, and I thought so. Uh, it had a it had a purpose. I'd forgotten about it, so I was Just, gearing up for a long one, right? Because that's what we're used to. Because yeah. they go on forever, and with the no point, it goes so so long that you forget what the whole point is. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was not <laughs> like that. So our first chase gag is a pair of headlights coming towards Wilby. At the last second, they split. And we, <laughs> See two motorcycles going by. Will be scoffs in a chicken. Why was yeah, Will be nice. playing chicken? Why is he the black knight? <laughs> the black knight. The black knight. At the police station, the patrol car is calling in an all points bulletin for stolen car uh, being and driven you know, by a large shaggy dog. And I love that their their voice on the radio changed from when they were talking like in to each other like normally in person, but then as soon as they got on that CB radio, it became like. Po- you know, police tone talk. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, call fifty-seven. Calling this, you know, it's just I just followed that stereotype for sure. Yeah, Disney's always sticking it to the cops. Uh, the captain starts to question uh, them and and what they're seeing, and Hanson just turns the radio off. I hear water. <laughs> captain calls in patrol car seven to apprehend Hanson and his uh, partner. Hanson and the patrol car twelve pull. Will be over in an anticlimactic chase as Hanson frisks Will be. He bites him <laughs> off camera. Which yeah, I, I guess that they was could, funny. They couldn't get, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what because because he bites. We see a bite scene later, but Sam's yeah. too good a boy. And it jumps in the patrol car and on, and Officer Kelly uh, opens fire on the patrol car. <laughs> Reckless. Uh, now Kelly and Hanson are in in pursuit in Buzz's Roadster. So Patrol Car Seven sees Car Twelve, which starting to get a little confusing here, and calls it in in as well that there's a shaggy dog in uh, Patrol Car Twelve. At the docks, Velasky and his goons take off in a the waiting boat, but not before Will be attacks. Francesca falls in uh, during the scuffle. And is seen lying face down in the water, like just out, done. Uh, Wilby goes in after, and the cops, Wilson and Buzz, arrive as Wilby pulls Francesca to the shore. Now, this might be Sam's most impressive feat, because that was real. Just yeah. straight up did that, mm-hmm. and the guy did it in the interview, like wrote about how they couldn't believe it, that the dog could do that, just carry this dead weight. <laughs> Through the water. Wild. Buzz assists and takes credit in typical Buzz fashion. Uh, Wilby jumps on Buzz, and again, uh, we get another uh, fight sequence between Wilby and uh, Wilby as a dog and Buzz. Did, we, did you you mention the part about Hanson, Officer Hanson, then gets you know stopped by the other officer who turns out to be his brother-in-law? No, I kind of <laughs> glossed over that. Uh, that was yeah. strange, wasn't it? Seemed a little because he starts giving him the rundown of all the stuff he had done for him. Like we were at the <laughs> yeah. academy together, and I did this, and I lent you my suit. And he's like, 
and I married your sister, whatever her name yeah. is. And said the that's name. That's kind of a yeah. big deal. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's strange. That was a weird moment. It was uh, odd. So the security agency shows up again and arrests Wilson again. Heart by no, buzz. No, it's not me, no. No, no, Mochi, Mochi, oh, Mochi, Mochi, Mochi. While Buzz and Will be fight, Francesca blacks out again, which I, I didn't understand that. But uh, the real uh, chiffon shows up and takes all the credit. Um, At least Will be finally got in a good socket, Buzz. He like yeah. landed one. I was like, all right, Will be. Then we're treated to a bunch of sp- uh, spinning newspaper headlines that read <laughs> "Mailman and covers spy plot here." And local dog smashes spiring and some other uh, articles that read new tax bill may be needed and government <laughs> cost cuts to be urged and auto mishaps and drownings top death list. Let's <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> little government overreach in there. Just yeah, let's some more government overreach. Oh, we got the a slot in there. It's going to be good. Uh, uh, someday somebody will be able to pause this video and read this. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Put this in for Walt. He'll read them all. At the Daniels home, Ma Daniels is uh, getting pushed out of the way in favor of Wilson and the dog. Buzz and Willby go out moping around now that Francesca is gone and thinking they need to go see what Allison is up to. Allison zooms off with some dude in a 58 Ford Thunderbird and calls Buzz and Willby a couple of children. Wait. Okay. So first, a couple of things. So, the news guy is Jack Albertson, who was a million different things, but I also think like the grandfather in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, maybe, uh, but in a, like a ton of ton of different stuff. But this car and horn when they pull up for Allison, it's like blah blah, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> sounds like an eighteen wheeler pulling up. So inside, as they're wrapping up uh, the picks. Uh, while mom looks on, Moochie says he finally got a dog with Wilson adding, no, we've got a dog. And uh, we roll credits. We know Shaggy's gonna be a star. We think it's in the bag. We're so smitten. We've even Shaggy dog, do the shaggy dog. Take a step or two into a hippity hop. Shake a leg and shuffle with a flippity flop. I always felt kind of ripped off for Wilby at the end uh, with the thing of like Chiffon getting the credit and then Wilby just kind of getting. Yeah, Wilby and the mom, or they get the short end of the stick the whole movie. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, Ma, Ma Daniels is really getting stepped on. She's we, just thinking uh, more Wilby makes some poor choices throughout. You know, like I said, he's too close to Buzz. He doesn't need to be friends with Buzz, but uh, she really is trapped in her life. She's just really thinking tragic. of more venomous, venomous jabs for breakfast. That's right. Only <laughs> at mealtime jabs. <laughs> Oh, man. What a life. 
I like that movie quite a bit. Yeah, it's You're right, Eddie. It did take, so a, take a, a sharp turn in the third act. Yeah. Yeah. It really does spice it up quite a bit. Oh, it does. I mean, because think of how boring that it had gotten tired, I think. The same gags over and over. Mm-hmm. And okay. So I'm glad someone was like smart. I wonder if they put that in afterwards. You know, they said, okay, this thing's we, just running. We need slow. something. To, yeah. yeah. We need something to. Right. I just really tried do. to imagine it running. Like if they had really, I don't know how far they got into the idea of doing it for TV, but like the idea of like, it would have been great to stretch it out over, you know, like a season of TV as you start to like realize that something's going on and then it'd be like a little oh, more yeah. about what's happening. Now, I don't know how far they got, but, uh, you can see it playing out like over like the Americans, but not first episode, you know, professor plum cut, you know, instructional situation, you know, they're at the museum and he's like, you know, I've heard of a, of a curse, but never mind. Uh huh. That's the beginning. And maybe like, uh, Wilson getting attacked by a dog or something <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Pekingese. Yeah. Yeah, we need to set that up. Yeah, him having yeah. to deal with dogs. And- <laughs> like bad, like being attacked by a gang of dogs. Yeah, like Maybe mauled. that's the first. That's like the first <laughs> 10 minutes. It's just like a brutal dog attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, here they come again. Oh, no. Got to drop off guys. this package at the junkyard. Shouldn't be a big problem. I'll be home by five. <laughs> oh, no. Doberman pinches. Oh, no. <laughs> Another yeah. shaggy dog story. He's running down the street, like scratching his neck, <laughs> just bleeding, like torn uh, pants, torn pants, torn pants. Yeah, shredded pants. Scratched so much, he's bleeding. <laughs> the mill must go through. Mochi, mochi, mochi. It, it is time for us to rate this film using our unique, uh, specialized grading system. Robert, what's our scale for tonight? I had drawn a blank. I could not come up with one. Oh, we should do like uh, uh, we'll take it to the brain trust here. Missile interceptors, <laughs> red stars, to uh, ancient curses. There you go. Open windows. <laughs> Open windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you come, when they're escaping the house, they go out through a window too. There's like all these. Yeah, there's a lot of open windows, but yeah, I love ancient curses or ancient curses. I think that's good. Ancient curses. Ancient work. curses. All right. Okay. On a scale of one to five, ancient curses. Uh, what are we given the plot and writing of this movie? I'm going to start with Michael. This is this one's really hard for me because I think the plot is great. The writing is not as great for me uh, because I mean we've talked about just like everybody just ripping on poor Wilby and then the mom is underserved really bad I think so and I don't know I'm gonna be a little harsh on this one because the premise I think is great I love the spy stuff I love the dog stuff but the writing itself is not creative I'm gonna give it a three okay wow I'm surprised by that yeah it's same yeah uh we're gonna get a Robert what do you give it? Um, yeah, I think Michael's right. Uh, I think the character development is just not there. Like, and they and they whiff on it. Um, but I'm going to go higher than three because the third act, 
And as Andy points out, somebody made a decision that we need something here. And the third act uh, pushed it up a notch. So I'm going to give it a four. I agree with you. I think uh, I, I just love the plot so much. I mean, I thought about giving it a five because mm. I thought the plot was so good. But but you're right. The writing, uh, there are moments of of real weakness there. And yeah, the, oh, the some of the characters. But uh, I just as far as I feel like... I feel like it's better than the absent-minded professor. I, I don't know. In some ways, as in that way of like the plot being tight. Um, yeah, I'll give it a four. And we'll go to Andy and see how many ancient curses he's going to give it. You know, I, this might be the first time this has ever happened, but I think I want to go higher than Michael on one of these, and I'm going to yeah. give it a four as well. All right. Wow. I just like you guys said, there was enough there that I thought it was solid. They, there are problems, but I don't think they're enough for me to pull it down to a three. I, I think, I guess, ideally for me, it'd be a three point five. Yeah, but uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna round up and go to go to four. I'm shocked, Michael. We're gonna stay with you because I'm just so shocked. We're gonna go to casting and acting. How many ancient curses are you gonna give that for this one? God, I'm in, I, the problem is for like everyone, I'm like at a 0.5. So for this one to make up for my rounding down for three, I'm going to round up and I'm going to give it a five because this movie is full of people I really enjoy. And like, even when I didn't enjoy what they were necessarily doing, I mean, it was all in the script. So they were doing, I mean, what was written really well. And I mean, Fred McMurray plays what is not a massive role, even though he's supposed to be like the main guy, it acts like, I mean, he kind of eats up being, he embodies Wilson, Wilson-ness and Tommy Kirk. It just comes for me. It comes on Tommy Kirk. Like Tommy mm -hmm. Kirk and Moochie to me are so much fun. So I'll give it a five. Yeah. All right. We'll throw it to Robert. What do you give it? Well, I, we talked about it earlier. The dog acting was really <laughs> superior in this movie. And uh, like you said, I mean, I'm Sam, I mean, I, I didn't realize, I didn't, I guess I didn't take in the scope of Sam dragging dead weight out of the water, <laughs> but, uh, Tommy's great in it. I love Tommy Kirk. Um, this is like, like a nice even kill Moochie. He's not, he, he gives it when he needs it, but does not like Moochie. This isn't pedal to the metal Moochie. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a five, too, because I, I mean, I, I like, even though the character development's kind of weak, but I thought the actors did a great job with it. So, right. Andy, throw it to you. I thought everybody did a very good job. Uh, just all the things, same things you guys have said. I think Fred McMurray, I, I, it's tough for me to separate him from the character. Yeah. And I'm struggling with that. And I think because of that, it's pulling it down to a four for me. Um, I, again, I, I, and buzz was a little stiff. Um, but the band it, leader was stiff. <laughs> the band leader was stiff. I mean, if I, if I was doing it purely based on the band leader, it's it'd a, be a Paul Revere. Yeah. It's a Paul Revere. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm going to go with a, a four. I, th I think I'll agree with you. You know, I, I would put it somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.5. Maybe I agree. It's like, you know, so many actors I love and personalities. I, I guess I'd pull it down just a little bit because you see 
them do that so much um, mm-hmm. through so it's I just want to leave a little bit more for something really extraordinary. But I yeah, I think Fred and Sam Tommy Kirk, incredible, incredible yeah. job in this movie for sure. Uh we'll go to production value. I'll start that one off. Uh I'm conflicted on this too, because it was made on such a budget, but I'm gonna give it a four. Um I thought the special effects they used by and large were pretty cool. Um it's kind of an aim small, miss small thing. I did, like I said, the music did not blow me away. The score was serviceable, but nothing special. Um, of course, it was filmed in black and white to save money, so and to make probably to make the effects look better. But I'll give it a four because you know, except for a little uncanny valley stuff, it was pretty convincing. And I will throw it to Robert. I'm going to go a little lower than four. I think the Uncanny Valley stuff dragged it down for me. The effects were okay. Um, everything else was just sort of not great, but not bad. Um, so for me, that's a, a middle of the road. Okay. And we'll go to Andy. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with a three. What do we call it? Ancient Curses. Yeah. Um, yeah. The... Tommy Kirk, the makeup they did on Tommy Kirk when he's transforming, I thought looked kind of weak. Um, and I, I, I want to give the, the I know I don't know where this lands between the dog acting and the production value of training the dog to do certain things. I mean, there was some amazing things done within that, but uh, I thought that was really well done. Uh, but for the most part, it was just all you know backlot stuff. Nothing really fantastic about any of that. Uh, so yeah, three for me. All right, Michael, how many ancient curses are you going to give it? It's a tough one because it's like what you said. It's It was definitely a budget, intentionally a budget production. I'm going to give it a four, though, because I do roll the animal stuff into this one. Is oh, yeah, I, for sure. I included that. And, uh, I, I mean, I thought, especially as we're going to see in other movies where you could easily put a person in a dog suit and have them do things, having the dog do all this stuff uh, is really fun. So I'll give it a four. We didn't really talk about the dog in the car when they're, when they're oh, driving. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> just him hanging out the side of the car. I loved <laughs> it with his head to the side like a dog would yeah. have his head to the side. <laughs> just wild. I mean, it's just, yeah, they got him in there and somebody's, somebody's hands on the wheel or the, or the dog's hands on the wheel. They did it different yeah, ways. Yeah, Paul's on just, the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, how that he would come up with that. All right. Entertainment value. Robert, what you got? Uh, I haven't seen I saw this movie like on the Disney Channel a long time ago, and um, I haven't seen it since. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it again, and I know my kids are going to want to watch it because they usually watch the movies we, we review before they listen to the podcast. So um, I'm going to go with a four on that one uh, because, I mean, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go to a five because I think uh, this is something I would put on uh, in a lot of situations, you know, put it on in the background. I just always have enjoyed this movie and this is up there in my top few Disney movies of just ones that I enjoy revisiting uh, low stakes, Mm -hmm. but really enjoyable. Um, You know, is it the best Disney film? No, but. I, I really like watching it. It's very entertaining to me. Uh, Michael, 
I'm going to give it a very high four. Uh, although I agree with everything you say, Jeff. Like this is one that I've always really enjoyed and something I would put on just to have. I think it could probably have been a little leaner and meaner, maybe. Um, but it doesn't really get bogged down and stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy it. I think it's a really fun thing. And it's, I mean, it's clear why it was such a big success. But I'll, I'll keep a little of my powder dry and give it a very high four. Okay, we'll end with Andy. How many ancient curses are you going to give it? You know, I mentioned at the top of the show that I enjoyed this movie, and I'm going to give it a four to reflect that. Uh, this is one that I actually would go back and rewatch. Uh, I think it was that good of a, a movie. Uh, I would definitely let my kids watch it, and I think they would. I think everyone would, and anyone would find this movie entertaining. Um, if I mean, I can't think of anything, even though with all the problems that it had there was nothing that ever really just took me out of the movie completely mm-hmm. and said, okay, uh, yeah. this is one of the few that I didn't constantly check to see how much time I have left, <laughs> <laughs> which I think says a lot about it. Uh, again, we, we've said this before, but I really, I think the spy plot really, really helped this movie. Um, so with the combined with the, the great premise and the, the great acting, um, and you know, the, the the good enough effects that I think it all comes together and it makes for a, a, an entertaining movie. So yeah, four ancient curses. All right. Glowing. Uh, let's put this under the computer that wore tennis shoes and see where it gets us. I think it'll be a pretty, pretty good one. Good we score are, for this one. Yeah. This one's jumping into some rare air here. It's um, it's, it's climbed the ladder came in with a four point zero zero four flat. Oh. which puts it squarely at number seven right. Um, right behind old yeller and horny toads. <laughs> okay. Old yeller with a 4.06 and then yeah. the absent minded professor flight of the navigator, scuzz buckets, Swiss family, Robinson, coconut bombs, 20,000 leagues under the sea and whale tails, which reminds me because we had tiptoed around using whale tails in I think in Freaky Friday, uh, or was yeah. it just realized that? <laughs> so glad we didn't do it twice. <laughs> uh, two different kinds of wheelchairs. Very confusing. And the um, double yeah. shots of bourbon with the uh, Roger Rabbit is number one. All of this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And just that, in that, front of Journey Nat- Journey of Natty Gan, this feels right. Yeah, yeah. It, it pushed it, <laughs> j- jumped in front of Ray White's smolders. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that makes me feel good about whatever. I've, I've probably inflated my scores tonight because I'm feeling bullish for this movie. But uh, anything to get us above in in that rare air. I'm yeah, happy we're that's there. A good, yeah. That's a good neighborhood. I mean, that's a good solid lineup yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have said what we have to say about this movie. What did Leonard Malton have to say about this one? Oh, man. Leonard Malton had a lot to say about it. Uh, I, I don't quite always agree with uh this uh though one of the things he wanted more of was he thought the dog doing human thing stuff was really funny and wish there was more of it which i don't know i think we got a good amount of that good amount yeah yeah i think if Uh, it had done more it'd be gotten just ridiculous yeah it would have just been like okay yeah we get it you know he has a long here's a long quote uh, i'll give the shaggy dog is a curious film by rights. It should be fast paced, broad entertainment, but instead it takes its own sweet time, never pushing for laughs and ambling through 104 minutes of running time. 
There isn't even a final punchline, just a fade out. In some ways, this relaxed attitude is preferable to that of later Disney films, where things are driven home so hard as to be obnoxious. Yet on the other hand, there is an almost lethargic manner to much of the film that kills many obvious opportunities. So I don't know if I agree with that. Hmm. I agree that later films are way out of hand, but I don't think it's that draggy. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree either. Malton, he's just one of those dog jokes, I guess. Malton needed those dog jokes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I don't agree, but that's fine. That's that's what our country is based on, you know. <laughs> Let's go protest outside his house. <laughs> Section thirty two business. Yeah. Um, well, anybody else? Anything? Anything else to say about this movie before we close the book on it? Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad we kind of got. It was a nice palate cleanser. Yes, we've, we've, we've had a couple of stinkers here. <laughs> so. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, it was the first time I'd seen it in a really long time, and I mean, it was a movie I saw a ton as a kid. So it was really fun to go back and uh, revisit it all. Yeah, I'm thinking that sometime in the late '80s is the last time I saw it. Maybe. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's uh, this is a Crawford family staple. I feel like definitely. Maybe it's because the Wilson name. Who knows? But uh, gentlemen, we have made it. We have navigated the movies of season three. We've kicked <laughs> footballs into orbit and fought off murder robots. Thank goodness. Committed crimes with Jiminy Cricket. Admired the fine architecture of the Garrison home. Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. Oh, Mr. Garrison. Love that Garrison home. Just a moment for that. But we've also ventured into the depths of the ocean. And to the depths of leprechaun caves. Done a lot. We've uh, also gone into the depths of despair in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> oh, boy, did we ever. Uh, had another Freaky Friday and learned about the gold trade and stringent laws around it. <laughs> now it is time to get the searchlights out. Pick our tuxedos up from the dry cleaners. Get your uh, cuffs, your uh, cufflinks, Michael. Yeah. Um. Head to the big season finale. Robert, what do we have in store for the finale? Well, we like to end the season with a big blockbuster, and uh, this one was a huge one for Disney, one that I was really excited for when it came out to see. I couldn't wait to see it. And I think pound for pound, for me, I can't think of another movie of my childhood that Disney marketed as heavy as this one, uh, at least on the, on the Disney Channel. I mean, I would always wait for that familiar, uh, you know, what's coming up next music that they would always play mm. uh, when they'd throw that graphic up on the screen to show the lineup for the next three, four hours of programming. And if it had, they had a making of or behind the scenes of uh, for this movie, and they were always showing it, and I'd always hunker down and watch it because I loved the special effects they did in this movie. A movie that um, taught a generation about chroma key. Uh, yes. yes. Yes, very true. And for our season finale, we're shrinking down the podcast to three quarters inch and venturing into Wayne Zelensky's backyard for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I feel like, Andy, you've probably seen this one, have you? I have. I have seen this movie. Uh, I may have even seen this movie in the theaters. Uh, but I probably have not seen it since then. So, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, a funny side note here. I made a mis- almost made a mistake when I was typing this. 
And I, I put Ted Kaczynski's backyard. <laughs> that's a different movie. Yeah, that's an alley. Just don't go into the shed. That's tiger. Tiger. I don't know that, why. What? I was like, so I was typing real fast, and I was like, we venture into Ted Kaczynski's back. I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's not right. That's Wayne that, Zelinski, not that Ted seems, That seems wrong somehow. <laughs> Especially seems, since there's a honey we blew up the kids or something. Oh, yeah. God. A, whew. Oh, man. We've just, we just been, been flagged. I am... <laughs> Very, very excited about this mm-hmm. to revisit this movie. It has been way too long. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be good stuff. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about, and and uh, you know, a lot of Michael Eisner to talk oh, about yeah. too. Because hello, he's all behind this one. Yeah, this is a movie I have probably not seen in decades, but which shocks me. But this was one of the movies that was just always on rotation back in that era, yeah. like any. Like we we may have even seen it a couple times in the theaters, and then it was just always it was omnipresent back then, and so I saw it like a million times, but not in years and years. I have this theory about it. I'm sure I'll talk about this more when we do it, but like maybe it was the first, or I'm sorry, maybe it's the last '80s movie, and Home Alone is the first '90s movie, but they're mm. they're, they're on the cusp, you know, they're they're at the the change. Uh, yeah yeah but it feels like, like one of the last great 80s movies you know yeah totally well that's gonna be exciting tell us what you think you can email us at info at midfieldfilm.com or find us on social media platforms at midfield film and now a word from our sponsor Good as graphics for the part that's great for you and me. T O D D K and A P E R E K. Hey there, hi there, ho there, he's as awesome as can be. T-O-D-D-K-N-A-P-E-R-E-K Findinggraphics.com Findinggraphics.com Forever let us hold their banners high, 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 high Come along and sing the song and join our jamboree T-O-D-D-K-N-A-P-E-R-E-K Findinggraphics, Findinggraphics Todd, Nap, Rick at Findinggraphics You look good at Findinggraphics all around the world we're marching. Upworks! <gasps> wow. <laughs> wow. Don't forget me, Upworks. Yeah, I, didn't get, I didn't get the Upworks tag in. Yeah, on that where's Upworks tag? Todd's going to make you look good, though. So, for all of us here at the Medfield College Film Society, to all of you... We will be back soon for the season finale. You'll be shrunk down to the size of a toy and beyond. You won't believe your size. You won't. Adios. Shaggy. What do you want, kid? Come on, home. Oh, can't you see I'm wheeling and dealing? You can't treat me like a dog anymore. No more of that. And expect me to come running.
No, sir. I'm a big bone banker. Oh, go away, kid. You bother me. Shaggy, please. No. Oh, Shaggy. Huh? Oh. Please, Shaggy. Well... Gee.